I have some bad news. I was sick all week, <laughs> as you might hear from my voice. Um, so I didn't record any videos. So next week, the videos are going to be a little bit sparse because some days, uh, some videos take uh, time to prepare for, right, for my editor. But he was also on holiday, so he didn't edit and I didn't record. But I did script. I did script for um, the, the best dose of Prima Boland video. So that script of 25 pages is uh, now done. So all I have to do is record that. And I made script for two other videos. So at least the scripting is done. But I was not in any way, shape or form um, uh, capable to record YouTube videos. But I'll get those out of the door next week. Uh, the reason why I'm late is because Paul had his birthday. And of course, as a good friend, um, I have to wish him a happy birthday at the expense of you guys. But we're still going to go uh, for two and a half hours. So get your questions in. Hopefully the audio is uh, good from now on. Let me uh, first load in some questions from the members that posted it before I forget those. You know what? We'll do those at the end. We'll do the membership uh, questions at the end when I won't be taking any Super Chat cues uh, anymore. Okay, let's do some uh, questions from members first. I guess we're going to have to get out the first three minutes of this podcast. You know what? Let's do some other updates besides me being sick. Um, I did a, a podcast with uh, David, David, yeah, David Chekovich. I think if, if, hopefully I pronounced that correctly. So I did that yesterday and Friday. It should drop on Monday. His Instagram and YouTube channel is down below. Please subscribe to his YouTube channel, David, uh, David Chekovich. We discussed anything from first cycles to, you know, safer practices of performance enhancing drugs, a little bit about my backstory, why I never competed and that kind of stuff. So it was a very cool and very fun interview. David is a very uh, good host. So we had a great time. So hopefully it all will drop on Monday. So please subscribe already so you get that right when it lands. And I'll link it on the next Vickers Q&A when it's already live. Uh, what else is new? Oh, yeah, there's some, some guy impersonating me on uh, Facebook is also linked down below. So do me a solid and report those accounts for impersonation because those accounts are not mine. I have a Facebook account, but that's purely to manage um, automated messages on Instagram, which seem to be no longer working. <laughs> so the two Facebook accounts linked down below, please report those. Let's get rid of them because they're selling uh, PDs, uh, which I'm not affiliated with and, and brands that I would never fucking endorse. So let's get those channels or those Facebook pages deleted. ASAP and um, because last week there were so many kids in the live stream right asking oral only cycle questions and height questions we're going to age restrict the vigorous Q&A going forward because I'm kind of sick of uh, having all these kids um, ruin the chat right so um, it, it would be morally um, impossible for me to answer those questions and of course a tremendous liability on my end to start answering height quality height protocols or only oral only cycles for kids. Um, so from now on, uh, during the live stream, it's 18 plus, and after live stream, I'll, uh, I'll reverse that back again, and then everybody can give it a watch. But during the live stream, I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> nothing to do with it. Uh, let's see. All right, let's start answering some questions. Dolmatov, good evening, Steve. What reasonable body scan? Uh, can one do before first-time growth hormone use? Let's say thyroid, abdominal area, ultrasound, PS, no history of cancer in a few generations. Thank you. Um, 
Yeah, so normally you kind of uh, separate that between the thyroid, upper abdomen, and lower abdomen. So I would do all organs, you know, and do an, an, an x-ray of your chest, right, for your lungs to kind of see what's going on. Now, a cardiac cancer, is it, does that even exist? I'm sure there's some sort of instance of metastasized cancer ending up in the heart and causing issues. But um, from all the research that I've done, it seems that cardiac cancer is either uh, impossible or extremely rare because I've never encountered it. So I don't think you need to do an MRI in your heart or a CT scan in your heart or an echocardiogram on your heart um, to see if there's any cancer present. But an, an abdominal ultrasound and a thyroid ultrasound and a chest x-ray for your lungs, that would be advised if you're worried about cancer. Doing your cancer marker uh, screening with blood work every year is advised. And, um, and of course, you know, making sure you stay away from things that are highly carcinogenic, like smoking and stress and you know terrible lifestyle choices i think that's worse for you regarding cancer growth like oxidative stress than a little bit of growth hormone is all right let's scroll down we have liftoff <laughs> Woo! all right kasha welcome to the vigorous crew bro yeah all the bandwidth went to paul that's for sure all right, let's start answering some more questions. Uh, hey, Steve, I've heard TRT can help reduce ferritin levels, but I've also heard TRT can increase iron absorption. Uh, what's been your experience with it? Um, maybe TRT reduces ferritin level as in uh, lowering liver inflammation because now you start to eat better. So I would say that that's a secondary effect. But TRT can also lower ferritin levels because you have less iron storage because now all the iron is in your hemoglobin within your red blood cells. But yeah, steroids can increase iron absorption, especially if you um, you know supplement vitamin C with food sources that are rich in iron, like beef, salmon, uh, spinach, albeit that most of that iron in spinach is not very uh highly bioavailable so um and of course uh trt can increase hematocrit and red blood cell count so um, you know if you come off trt or you're lower the dose then this increased iron that you now absorbed during trt um, will then be liberated from the red blood cells and metabolized from the hemoglobin and then end up in the ferritin for storage for later use so it can all go up right that's why it's very important to self-diagnose if you have sleep apnea or not and get that under control because sleep apnea is also terrible for your uh, hematocrit and uh, red blood cell count. And of course, iron, you know, if that's high, you can always donate or fast or do, um, you know, uh, what is it, uh, chelation therapy to get that out or simply reduce your dietary iron intake or take um, IP6, right, choline hexaphosphate to inhibit iron absorption. So there's multiple different ways to kind of get that done. Marco Marcel, hey coach, when to check a sperm markers after post-cycle therapy? Uh, I would wait at least three months, but uh, it seems that for most of the semen analysis that I've seen after PCT, uh, it starts to get pretty good after six months or so. So that means if you want to come off to get your wife pregnant, then give yourself at least six months, but it might take longer. Yeah. All right. Kobe, welcome to the Vickers crew. What's up, buddy? Let's see. Good for you, Steve, finding a middle ground and solutions for the live stream. Yeah, we have to. Uh, the show must go on, right? But not the expense of, um, you know, getting myself into legal trouble from disgruntled parents because then it's suddenly my fault, you know? 
All right. Mm-mm-mm. Five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. The, the super chats don't work that way, Leon. <laughs> Thank you for all the life changing information. My pleasure. My pleasure. <clears throat> hey, Steve, the real dosage of water and salt in Peak Week. Um, well, it kind of depends on what you've been doing before, right? I would keep my water high and my salt intake high and then maybe taper it off the last two days after carb loading has already took, uh, taken place because you need water and you need salt for your carb load to be successful. So we don't cut water um, during the, the depletion week and then cut it even more while we start loading carbs and especially not salt. And then uh, you wonder why all these guys are constipated and uh, balloon stomachs on stage because all the rice that they ate or the potatoes that they ate are still within their intestinal tract. So high water, high salt, and taper that off on your cleanup day, the day before the competition where you generally do a fat load instead of a carb load. And fat is very easy to shit out because it lubricates your intestinal tract, allowing you to pass it through, right? Especially if you take some tatka and ox bile to kind of lubricate the entire thing even more. And carbohydrates are kind of dry, right? I mean, if you eat a boatload of rice and a boatload of fish, and not so much fat on the day that you're carb loading, uh, it, it's very likely that that gets stuck internally. So you need a little bit of tatka and you certainly need a boatload of water to pass it all through because constipation kills your shape. Uh, Chase Hobbs, another member. How do I super chat? Well, there's a little um, dollar sign below the comments and then uh, you fill in a number and ask your question and then it will appear. Octavian, optimal carbohydrates, protein, fat ratio, uh, ratio while bulking. Uh, also difficult to say because it depends on which phase of the bulk you are in. But generally speaking, protein can come down as carbohydrate intake goes up. And fat kind of depends on how fast your um, up uptake, like digestion of carbs and protein are. Because too much fat will slow digestion too much to the point you feel full all the time, but not enough fat will, uh, like I mentioned before, will not lubricate the stool. So you can't pass the food through fast enough. And, uh, you know, high fat intake might be associated with reduced insulin sensitivity. So some people do best with, you know, majority of carbs and protein during the day. And when I say majority of the protein is actually low protein, maybe 200 grams of protein and like a thousand grams of carbs for example, and then a good amount of fat is at the last meal to kind of lubricate everything through and not have a tremendous negative effect on your insulin sensitivity because most of the carbohydrates have already been consumed and the lantus is already take, tapering off, right? That's one of the methods you can get around to it. So, um, yeah, it, it really depends, man. You watch the step-by-step -step cycle design video where I just, you know, kind of discuss how to increase your calories and increase the drugs in a step-by-step -step fashion and what you need to pay attention to. But there's no ideal ratio, man. You just got to do what works for you and it might work for a while until it doesn't work and then you need to make an adjustment. And that's why we have coaches to do that for you if you don't know how. Hey, Steve, thanks for not taking breaks even when sick. Yeah, the show must go on, dude. Uh, even though I didn't record, so I feel a little bit stupid for not having everything ready for my editor who was going to work on Monday. But maybe Monday we can get another uh, video done. Um, I would like to record that best dose of Prima Ballin, which was a lot of fun.
to prepare for. All right, uh, let's see. Does uh, growth hormone have localized IGF-1 effect when injected in certain muscle groups you want to grow? And if so, have you tried it? Uh, yes, I've tried it. And yes, it causes autocrine signaling of IGF-1 lo locally. So that's within the immediate vicinity. Um, I injected all my growth hormone into my right chest for an entire year, and it didn't do anything to um, you know, break up the imbalance. And that was all pharmaceutical grade. So um, that being said, injecting IGF-1 into my chest uh, when I was still running Incrolex, that made a significant difference. Yeah, that made a significant difference. So I, I would say that the localized IGF-1 production, even at higher dosages of GH, let's say 8 IU per shot, is marginal compared to a small administration of IGF-1 LR3 DIS or real Incrolex IGF-1 recombinant version. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's expensive. And, and if you want to get some sort of localized IGF-1 for recovery purposes, uh, why not inject it intramuscularly? The problem is with all these intramuscular shots, over time, you do lose a little bit of definition, even if you just use a slim pin, and even if you only inject small amounts of water, because you're constantly you know, piercing the skin and constantly breaking up the, the, the skeletal muscle tissue, and the scar tissue f kind of fills in, the def uh, yeah, fills in your striations. So that's... Um, you know that that's a bit of an issue unfortunately but I, i'm not going to compete um so i just pin where i wanted so i did most of the igf1 in my chest um yeah i think the effect is still there uh still feels hard but i won't be using any igf1 until uh it's actually time for a real fucking cycle because all it does is potentiate some fullness right now and uh, i'm not growing so Oh, the super chat function is not open. Really? Maybe that has to do with the age restriction. Right, let's turn the age restriction off then. Well, I gave it a try, guys. Uh, visibility. Done. Maybe it's the age restriction that you, doesn't allow you to super chat. I know, I've never age restricted my videos. All right. Save. Okay, I, I removed aid restriction. Let's see if you guys can super chat now. I was wondering where the super chats were. But you might have to refresh the page, obviously. Bet it doesn't feel as hard as when you're on actual testosterone. Um, hard as what? Oh, you mean the chest? I don't know. It's pretty hard, man. It's pretty fucking hard. But it's not as full and as strong as being on actual testosterone. All right, so fuck, man. So now it works. So I can't even age restrict this fucking shit. Otherwise, I don't get super chats. Yay, super chats are back. All right, well. Iron Grid, I don't know where you are, but if you see some 16-year-old or 18-year-old or hide protocols, just auto-ban them. I don't have time for that shit anymore, man. I'm running out of patience, right? I ran out of fucks, which counts as cardio also. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's start scrolling a little bit. Danny, Steve, I had a pituitary tumor and my testosterone was a female level 19 nanograms per deciliter, but DHEA was three times the reference range. 
how to lower DHEA sulfate. Okay, so it might be that um, uh, one of your hormones that metabolizes DHEA into testosterone is insufficient. So I would recommend you to watch the stereogenesis inhibitor video because I can't remember which uh, exact enzyme that was. And it has timestamps. So I'll link that down below. Uh, underneath the David Chezovic or Chekovic Instagram page. There you go, right there. Because it, it might mean that you're not um, converting DHEA into testosterone. Now, if you have a pituitary tumor, then I would suspect that luteinizing hormone, follicle stimulating hormone, and ATG levels, and maybe even uh, growth hormone levels, right? All the pituitary hormones are sky fucking high. So it, it might mean that you're. Um, yeah, it might mean that something is going wrong or your LH and FSH is basically zero and this is why your testosterone levels are low, but your uh, adrenal glands are still producing adequate amounts or maybe even uh, both loads of DHEA sulfate. So I would have to look into your entire hormone uh, profile to kind of see what's going on. Um, but yeah, if you have a tumor there, then obviously run that past the doctor first to see what you need to do to get rid of that. Or you can't get rid of that, but how you can uh, live with that. All right, it works. Well, I guess no age restriction for us. Sorry, guys. If any kids show up, it's I, I tried, right? I tried. Uh, does rubber stopper blunt needle in any meaningful way? Um, yeah, I noticed this myself a couple times, and it really depends on what kind of rubber stopper. So if you um, get underground labs, for example, that just use the very thick rubber stopper and use the insulin syringe to kind of draw, then it feels less sharp. But if you put the insulin syringe in into this very nice, uh, probably polyurethane stopper or another kind of um, silicone, the silicone stoppers, those are the best. They're just transparent. You can look straight through them. Those uh, really uh, go, um, you know, going like butter, basically, the insulin syringes. Those don't blunt the needle, but those cheap rubber stoppers that the underground labs use, yeah, they blunt it. So you, you put the insulin needle in, and then it, it kind of hurts. But if you put it in, you know, the GH, like a genotropin pin, or a Sizen cartridge, or an Omnitrop cartridge, for example, it doesn't blunt it at all. So it kind of depends on what you're piercing it through. Um, and with the 25 gauge or 23 or an 18, well, it doesn't really get blunt because those gauges are way higher. But I think it's only the case with insulin syringes. Marlon asked the liver king, I need peptides. I think I think I should... Um, ah, yeah. Marlon is spamming. Okay, so we're going to have to ban Marlon because Marlon is uh, needy AF. All right. Hide user from channel. Goodbye. Go be a fish somewhere else. Uh, yeah, good comeback. Ask the liver king. <laughs> uh, how to get 18 IUs of growth hormone prescribed? In America, you can. Yeah, in America only. All right, uh, Melfredo, after one month, ATG monotherapy, total testosterone went from uh, 800 to 1100, 3T uh, doubled, SHBG 61 to 53. Okay, that's not bad. 
That's actually, uh, sometimes it goes up during uh, ATG monotherapy, but it doesn't uh, happen to you. Estradiol 28 to 68, yeah, that's to be expected. Um, do I need an AI? Yes. And should I try Provarin to get more free T, feeling great, no sides, or do a cycle? You can either do an AI or Provarin, because Provarin does lower SHBG and reduce uh, estradiol. So in this case, it might be suitable to give that a try. So you have you can take one compound, but get uh, two results that you're after, or you can take an AI, and by reducing your estrogen, you also get less production of SHBG. So Provarin will inhibit the SHBG from binding up testosterone because it has a higher binding affinity, and it inhibits the conversion of testosterone into estradiol by um, inhibiting the aromatase enzyme temporarily. But if you take aromasin, you block the aromatase enzyme permanently because it's a suicide inhibitor, um, and reducing the estradiol sends less of a signal to your liver to produce sex hormone binding globulin. So both will get the job done. Um, but you already started HCG monotherapy. And I think Provirin is going to be the gateway for you to transition into real fucking steroids. So go ahead. You have my blessing. 12.5 milligrams per day. Um, yeah, I think that's enough. And I recheck your SHBG and estradiol levels maybe two weeks into that because it goes down quite fast. Um, to see if you need 25 milligrams per viron. If you do need 25 milligrams per viron because your SHBG and estradiol is still a little bit too high um, and, and, and you want to see what's behind door number three because you already did door number one, HCG monotherapy and door number two now being a low dose per viron. And if you want to up the per viron and proceed to door number three, then feel free to do so, but get some fucking blood work again. Right, blood work first, then make the adjustment. And then maybe two months or three months down the line, you say, fuck this, you take the ATG out and you go to uh, TRT and then you can join the club. <laughs> join the rest of the bros. Leon, all right, it worked. How to get rid of tingling sleeping hands fingers at night. I'm on 250 milligrams of test and 20 milligrams anivar. When I'm natty, I don't have this problem. If I can't get rid of it, is carpal tunnel surgery worth it? Okay, so this is rare because most guys would only get this from like six IUs of growth hormone and upwards. So it's good that you're not at six IUs of growth hormone. Uh, it's also unfortunate because otherwise I would be able to tell you stop the growth hormone for a while and then slowly ramp it back up. So there's a couple of things you uh, can do. Maybe on this month's test, you have too much estrogen, does too much water retention, and thus you experience symptoms of carpal tunnel. So maybe do some blood work and see if you need to bring your estrogen levels down or um, uh, you know, increase your water intake, increase your sodium intake, let that normalize to the point you're always excreting, right? Maybe you're not drinking enough water or getting enough sodium and thus you're retaining water because your uh, aldosterone levels are sky high, which you can also bring down with telmosartan, a blood pressure medication, 20 milligrams, 40 milligrams, um, depending on how high or low your blood pressure is currently, right? If your blood pressure is low now, um, then, uh, but your water retention is high from high estrogen, then, right, telmosartan might not be a good idea. You need to increase your blood pressure by increasing your sodium intake. So there's a multiple different directions that you can go into. And it could be that you're simply sleeping on your um, your veins, right? So if you sleep like, like this, and you're cutting off this vein, then you're cutting off the circulation to your arm, including the oxygen. And then after a while, it starts to get numb and tingling and, uh, you know, paresthesia feeling at night. And if you don't have to during the day, then obviously you're cutting off blood circulation. Or, uh, you know, maybe you just go to bed like a bloated mess, but that 
brings us back to the water retention issue. So multiple uh, directions you can uh, now uh, proceed into. I hope you get it fixed. Um, but yeah, do some blood work, check your blood pressure and, and see how you can manipulate your water retention. And maybe, uh, you know, get a bolster, you know, like or, or a body pillow that you can hug and then you don't lean forward too much into your shoulder to the point everything cuts off. And the other arm can kind of hug the pillow as well. I mean, I've been using a body pillow for 10 years. Um, sometimes it's my wife, sometimes it's a body pillow, actually. Uh, and I don't have any uh, tingling or numb harms, uh, even when I take a boatload of GH. Yeah. Kratos, what's up? If I'm taking 160 micrograms, IGF-1, LR3, two to three times a week, intramuscular and weak body parts, can it be taken without uh, weeks off uh, on cycle? Also, does it make sense to sometimes use uh, alogliptin versus genuvia with LR3 to a longer half-life? Uh, yeah, you can experiment with that with the D-peptidyl peptidase 4 inhibitors to prevent the breakdown. Like the, the reason why I usually recommend genuvia is because it has a short half-life. Um, so you can get some experience and not have this uh, prevention of breakdown of insulin because a lot of guys also use insulin, long-acting insulin. So if you use long-acting insulin and a D-peptidyl peptidase 4 inhibitor uh, and you're preventing the breakdown of a long-acting insulin while you're sleeping, that can be risky. You might not wake up or you wake up in a puddle of sweat and you're fucking confused and instead of eating, you go into the shower. I've been there. I've been there. It's like, oh, I'm so sweaty. You go to the shower, you start showering, and after a while, you're like, where the fuck am I? What is going on? And you're like, oh, yeah, hypoglycemia. And then you walk down to the kitchen, naked, dripping with water, eating the cupboard, right? which you should have done, obviously, in the beginning. So, again, this is one of the reasons why I recommend DPPIs with a short half-life, until you have some experience, and if you do have some experience and you know exactly how your blood glucose levels are going to change and how they're going to be upon waking, then take a DPPI with a longer half-life. That might overlap into midnight, you know, because IGF-1 LR3 is, of course, uh, active for, what, 32, 36 hours after the administration. Um, regarding the, the, the sensitivity... You know, I think if you use it three times a week, you might be able to extend it, but it, it really depends on what else you're doing, right? If you're blasting the insulin, you might lose insulin sensitivity alongside the reduction of IGF-1 uh, sensitivity, then you might still need to take a week off. Uh, but I'll be the first one to say that I ran Incrolex for like 80 days straight, and uh, I didn't take a day off because it, it kept working. It kept working, but I haven't really talked to people who had access to that much Incrolex. You know, they maybe were able to buy a vial or two. And then I would tell them to, you know, do the, the full protocol. But this is in the context of steroids and just preventive, preventatively take, uh, you know, the last seven days or 10 days of the month off to at least ensure that IGF-1 sensitivity is sustained because they had limited supply and it was fucking expensive when they bought it. Um, but again, I got lucky. I, I was able to buy a good amount and I didn't pay so much for it as most people do because... Oh, I guess I'm uh, lucky in that sense. So I, I ran it for 80 days straight at 500 micrograms, and I did not lose sensitivity at all. So still kept working. Uh, it sucks that it's out now, though. Let's see. Hey, Steve, what do you think uh, Haney Rambot uses all these different types of potatoes to peak his clients? Also, where do you search to get your nutritional information from? Chronometer is not the best. Yeah, I used to go to self.nutritiondata or nutritiondata.self.com, but I think they pulled their entire 
nutritional database out. So now you have to go to the um, USDA database. But since I don't do client uh, diets anymore and my diets are all like pre-made, I got all the data that I need, you know, for my Excel sheet. And then, you know, you can, you can Google the ORAC values, the, the antioxidant values of particular nutrients and the, the creatine and the carnitine content. There's websites for that. And then there's uh, soluble and insoluble fiber websites. Um, maybe you should link those below. Because I know what you guys are going to say. I can't find it, Steve. Throw me a bone here. All right, let me see. Orac values. Superfoodly. I haven't checked these websites in a while. So if they don't work, no complaint. Uh, what else we got? Fiber content of food. Prebiotin. I think it's all on these websites. Uh, where is it? Then do I have to? I don't have the creatine. Creatine content of food. I can't remember what Dr. Burke. Oh, give me a break. Uh, I can't remember what the website that was. I'll, I'll search it after the show. Let me make a note here. There was one more USDA nutrition database. Food Data Central. Is that the one? White. Let me see if this is the correct one. It is it. I think this is the one. <laughs> Looks exactly like the cl clinical trials website. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right, let me <laughs> let me link this website down below. So here you can kind of piece it together, bro. All right, refresh the page. And uh, what Hani Rambo does to Pika's athletes, I don't think it's just potatoes. I think it's more than potatoes. <laughs> yeah, it might be uh, Anadrol and uh, Superdrol and Halotestin and, uh, and uh, injectable adenosine monophosphate as a vasodilator. You know, the rumor mill regarding uh, Hani Rambo's practices are uh, very strong, uh, but he's never confirmed any of it. And I think he'll take his protocols to the grave. But he might talk about nutrition, which is just part of the strategy, of course. Uh, hey, Steve, what size syringes do you recommend for cerebralized injection? And do you uh, need a filter for drawing out the ampule? New to injectables to trying to get it right. Okay, uh, I would just draw straight from the ampule um, with a 20, no, with an 18 gauge, one and a half inch because those five milliliter uh, or 10 milliliter ampules are uh, quite big. Um, and then transfer that over to a five or 10 milliliter syringe, obviously, depending on the size of the, the ampule. Then you uh, remove the 18 gauge because that's harpoon size. You can literally stab somebody to death with that uh, gauge. And then you replace that for a 25 gauge, one and a half inch. All right, then you inject five milliliters or 10 milliliters or two milliliters, whatever you prefer intramuscularly in the glutes in the lats or in the quads those are the biggest muscle groups those will hold the largest injection volume 
And since cerebral lysin doesn't really cause any post-injection pain, it's probably the smoothest injection you'll ever do in your life. Um, besides maybe sterile water, which why would you inject that, right? I mean, it's inert. Um, but cerebral lysin is the smoothest injection I've ever done in my life. And I've done a lot of shots. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you that. So uh, 25 gauge, one and a half inch, nice and deep. That's what she said. Hey, Steve, any thoughts on BBC 157 as a liver uh, ancillary? Uh, uh, You didn't watch the BBC 157 uh, video. But yes, it might be uh, practical for um, several liver-related diseases, but not something I would run uh, 24-7, even though it does increase growth hormone uh, receptor density and growth hormone response in uh, fibroblasts. Um, but it was not shown to be a preventative ancillary for liver health, but it might heal your liver if there's an injury there. Again, watch the BPC 157 deep dive because you fuckers ask every week um, about BPC 157, and I'm sick of it. That's why I made a video about it, bro. You know? So I didn't have to answer BPC 157 questions, but I'll take your $10 regardless. Yeah. Yeah, this is all going into my BPC-157 fund. (laughs) Good job. Keep up sharing the good information. You and Dr. James are the guys. Yeah, I wish Dr. James would make videos a little bit longer, though. They're too short. Great on editing. Fucking funny. But I would like to see, like, double the length. And I get, I understand completely why he does it, right? Because audience retention is fucking abysmal nowadays. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely working for the growth of his channel, but I, I already see that he's getting too many client requests, and that's why the frequency of his uploads have gone down. I, I eventually, I'll figure it out that he shouldn't coach so much, and it's better to make more videos and then maybe get a couple sponsors on board. Uh, James, if you're watching, right, you're in Dubai, you can start asking for sponsors because you have 20,000 subs. Maybe you should got uh, Dr. James on board. And ask him why he took a Tony slogan. You know, that natty day uh, wasted. What a, a, a day natty is a day wasted. That sounds cute. But when you have 10,000 subscribers, you got to be a little bit more. Um, your slogans have to be a little bit more intelligent. <laughs> I don't say that. You know, because I'm not anti natty at all, man. Where are you posting the links? It's down below in the YouTube description section. I do that with every video, and then I save it. I save it like a hundred times because there's so many referrals to other uh, uh, videos. Let's see. Still got two more ampules to do this month. Can't wait to inject. Yeah, yeah I know the feeling. But all I inject is HCG, FSH, and growth hormone. It's so boring. Uh, Joshua McGarity, uh, twenty-five. M. 25 years old. I know that 635 is testosterone. He tried to squeeze in as many characters as he could for a super chat. Okay. I'm not sure what the M stands for. M. 25 M. I don't know. Which hormone is that? Methanolone. All right. 635 total testosterone. 12.5 picograms estradiol. 21 SHBG, low energy and libido, started HCG monotherapy, 300 IOS, 
every other day five weeks ago. Bloods with Merrick in the beginning of December. Nothing noticeable yet. How long before feeling any noticeable improvement? Uh, you should feel it right away. And if you don't feel it on 300 IOs uh, every other day, I would just increase to a thousand fucking IOs every other day. Um, because you should feel something already. And the ACG monotherapy should increase your testosterone levels, your estrogen levels, and your SHBG levels. So, um, and again, if you're 25 years old, that's your age. Now, I'm assuming that's what the M stands for. And otherwise, if some, is somebody already screaming at the screen, a 25 male. Okay. Male. Male. Fucker, it's male. Age six location. <laughs> yes to the S. Yes to the S. Uh, location is right here. Yeah. Uh, the age is 40, though. It's not very appealing. I, I'm in a good specimen. Anyway, uh, so he's a 25 years old male, uh, good testosterone levels, but low estrogen levels, somewhat low SHBG levels, low energy and libido. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a HCG monotherapy isn't really working. So I would increase to a thousand IOS HCG. Um, if your uh, healthcare provider at Merrick Health is against that, just tell them. Coach Steve said, said it's okay. I paid $10 super chat to coach Steve and he said it was okay. Go ahead, run through your script. <laughs> and, and, and otherwise, um, you uh, might have to uh, get additional HCG not on the script to uh, uh, to make it dose the HCG to 1000 IOS three times a week. So you can feel good again, because on 1000 IOS HCG right now, I can tell you that my libido is fucking stellar. Uh, and I'm a 40-year-old male with 820 nanograms per deciliter total testosterone. And what was it? 45 picograms per milliliter estradiol. I think my SHG was like 45, something like that. And my energy is high. My libido is fucking high. So uh, maybe you need to triple the dose, bro. And then you can join the vigorous libido club. Yeah. If you're with uh, Dr. Adam Hotchkiss, I'm sure he will agree with my recommendations. <laughs> Hey, Steve, uh, for the past two to three months, I have consistently gotten sick every one to two weeks. Jesus, that sucks. Sounds like you're overtrained. Uh, my CRP is two milligrams per deciliter. My doc said it's normally yeah, two. Two is still within acceptable range, but it could be from being sick. Tried changing the nutrients, PID, supplementation, lifestyle, still sick. Uh, Diagnosed for Lyme disease, mold poisoning, something serious, right? Uh, gastrointestinal problems because if you repeatedly get sick then that's an autoimmune condition and of course an elevated crp slightly two milligrams per deciliter is not that high um it's just a, a result of an impaired immune function so i i would ask further with your doctor said please test me for lyme disease please check me for mold poisoning please check me for other issues with the intestinal tract maybe your gut microbiome is completely fucked up um, and we do a stool examination, right? And and you could change your nutrition all you want and the PEDs and the supplements and the lifestyle all you want, but if the mold is in your house or you got bitten by a tick, right? Or, or your gut microbiome is completely fucked up, then you need real intervention. So this is just surface intervention that you can do. You've already tried that, you're still sick, uh, you know? Be, be a little bit more aggressive. And if your doctor is like, it's normal, fuck the doctor, find another guy. Right? There's plenty of doctors on the planet. You just have to find one that is willing to help. If none of them are willing to help, 
fly to Thailand, I'll send you to the right hospitals. And then while you're sick, I'll also send you to the right blowjob bars. So at least you can get your dick sucked and have a great holiday. It'll make you feel better, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is true. Asks, don't have GH or GHRP6. What's the creator gog you'd use? Uh, melatonin. <laughs> melatonin biatch. Not saying that to you, but that is probably the best growth hormone secreted gog you uh, can get. And yes, uh, Dr. Steve, no, I'm not a doctor. Um, Steve, your online steroid daddy, secreted gogs. Don't even know how to fucking spell it anymore. Ipamorellin. I have a video about how to maximize growth hormone secretion, but it didn't get enough views. But maybe you fuckers can watch it now after I linked it down below. All right, third from the top. Um, so I would do I would do Ipromorel and Tessamorel, and that seems to be the most favored combination. So maybe 150 micrograms Ipromorel twice per day and, and one milligram Tessamorel twice per day to activate the ghrelin and the growth hormone releasing hormone receptor of the pituitary gland, and then make sure excuse me, that somatostatin levels are nice and low because you didn't eat so much um, and, and you took adequate took adequate time between um, growth hormone secreted GOG administrations. Then you take your 3 to 10 to 30 to 100 milligrams of melatonin before bed with uh, amino acids. And then, uh, yeah, and then you spend all this money, you put all this effort in and you realize that I should have just gone with two IUs growth hormone, man. It would have been cheaper, only one shot for better results. But you'll 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 have to learn the hard way. I'm sure. Is it a bad idea to get back on TRT after being off when I did bloods off for a year and found my cholesterol LDL high? Insulin 14 million use uh for the first time. Well, it sounds like you have some dietary interventions to do. And then when you have your cholesterol LDL and fasting insulin levels uh, good again, then go on TRT. I mean I can't wait to be back on TRT, bro. <laughs> Fuck. Yes, uh, Friday I went to the gym. And so I've been off TRT now for, well, basically a year, right? And I dabbled with growth hormone and IGF-1 in the meantime. Uh, so I wasn't really fully off. Um, and it just felt like shit yesterday. Of course, I'm, you're sick also, so that doesn't help. I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this? This is not even fun anymore. So I feel your pain after being off TRT for a year. Um, but first, right, first things first, get yourself healthy. Because if you go on TRT, then your cholesterol levels will get worse. And if you go on TRT and you start to feel better, but your cholesterol levels are worse, then uh, you're probably also not going to do uh, the things you need to do to get your fasting insulin levels under control again. Because you're like, ah, I feel better. Ah, we have a celebrity in the house, David. What's up, bro? How have you been? So we had yesterday we had a podcast that will drop Monday on his uh, YouTube channel. His uh, channel is linked down below. We had a great conversation. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I actually even though I was there, so I don't have to watch it again. But I'm looking forward for the um, for the responses of uh, the podcast dropping on his channel. Uh, that make a great logo for a T-shirt. Um, man, I already forgot. I already forgot what I was saying. Oh, I'm really far behind. Already seven minutes behind. Shit, I got to speed up. 
thank you, Steve. Made it so far with Chronometer, but now have to work, uh, have to do more work on my Excel document. Yeah, Excel is bay, man. You can fit all the uh, data in. Yeah, you can fit all the data in. Ascension Martinez. Hey, Steve, TRT about six months ago at 200 milligrams per week. I bumped it up to 260 test and added it master on annotated 100 milligrams a week, and I'm getting migraines. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's take the master on out first. See if that solves it. But the problem is master on annotate uh, will stay in your system for another two weeks at this dose. And then it slowly starts to taper off. So it might take a while before the migraines go away. And I'm not entirely sure why you're getting the migraines. Is that the synthetic carrier oil that the Masteron Enothate is suspended in? Obviously not pharmaceutical grade. Is it uh, high dose uh, benzyl benzoate and benzyl alcohol, benzyl alcohol where a very small amount of the people are allergic to? But it could be, you know, like if you go from one cc a week to let's say two, two and a half cc's per week, um, then you also increase your benzyl benzoate and benzyl alcohol intake. And, and for some people that can move the needle, right? It's not nothing about the hormones. It could just mean that they're uh, intolerant to it, but it's a very small percentage of the people. That's why I didn't really include it in the, the carrier oil deep dive because I rarely see people being allergic to BB or BA. Um, let's see. So, uh, or that your blood pressure went up, you know, from increasing the test. And maybe the master on inthate is the master on inthate, but testosterone propionate. I mean, that happens also. So um, maybe go back down to baseline for a while, right? The 200 milligrams of test that you were on that worked, and then see if the migraines go away, and then slowly increase the test first, see if the migraines uh, stay away, and then uh, see you know what you can do to add masterone in. And of course, control your serum uh, lipid levels because at 260 milligrams of test a week, serum estradiol might go up. So, yeah, hope that sends you in the right direction. Hey, Steve, I'm on 40 milligrams of Accutane, one times daily. Oh, man, I'm going to Dubai in two months and want to protect myself from the sun. Any advice? Um, sleep during the day and go to uh, and wake up in the evening when the sun is low and, uh, and party all night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff to do in Dubai. Plus, it's not so fucking hot. So you do basically the exact same thing I do. You wake up late. You know, you do all the stuff uh, that you want to do, um, you know, at home work-wise. And then you only go out when the sun goes down. And if you go in two months, that's basically like scorching hot fucking season in Dubai, just like it is in Thailand. Right? That's what, April, May, May period. You don't want to be outside. You know, you don't want to be outside. So... And then otherwise, uh, keep in mind that the desert air is very, very dry. So bring some lotion, you know, some high quality vitamin E, hyaluronic acid um, lotion to uh, kind of you know, hydrate your skin on that much Accutane when there's no fluid in the air and your skin is already, uh, you know, dry as fuck, basically. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what I would do. Let's see, Kratos, uh, let's see, 5'7", five, five, 230 pounds, 2 grams of gear, 8 I use growth hormone, 160 micrograms, IGF-1, uh, LR3, 2 to 3 times a week, trying to limit organ growth, but maximize muscle growth. What is a good cap for IGF-1, LR3 dose? Your organs are going to grow, man. 
It's it's that simple. Like growth hormone and IGF one is not muscle specific. You inject it, and and part of that goes systemic. So I, I noticed when I added in the Incarlex and the GH, even at a low dose, that my waist got a little bit wider. But it's not as wide as it used to be when I was megadosing gear and megadosing GH. And there's no way to block the growth hormone receptors of the intestinal tract or the IGF-1 receptors or the insulin receptors of the intestinal tract. Um, what you can try to do is avoid like foods that would bloat you and that are super fast to absorb um, and deposit visceral fat in that sense, right? Um, and, and just try to grow slowly, you know? I think on this cycle, you should be growing pretty well um but yeah your organs might might grow along with that then again you know how much can your organs grow um if it's not if you're not increasing food that much right i mean there's a cap on how much organs can grow also because they won't be stimulated with hypertrophy now that's not entirely true because like the intestinal tract right, where the food passes through that that smooth muscle also so if you eat a fuckload of food and it all needs to be passed through then just like cardiac enlargement from having your heart contract uh, harder against elevated blood pressure or um you know temporarily elevated blood pressure while while you're training insane during strenuous sets um that is a hypertrophy response also and it's the same with food if you're just eating and eating and eating and eating and eating eating then I think um, your intestinal tract is just going to grow also. So maybe incorporate some fasts and some breaks, which of course you probably don't want to do because then you're missing out on fullness and gains. It's it's a very tough balancing act, man. Even the best of the best, they have you know somewhat distended waists, you know. So so eat the food that really digests well, uh, well for you. Make sure you follow elimination diets. Everything you can do to optimize digestion and. Um, and maybe take breaks here and there and do some fasting, you know, to kind of take the pressure off the organs. That's what I did last week. I could pull a deep fucking vacuum. It was great. Do you have any special protocols of getting over the common cold quickly? How long would you wait to get back into the gym? Uh, I wish. I, I did like a whole afternoon uh, looking for how to get over the common cold quickly. And nothing uh, seemed to be uh, effective. So uh, sometimes you just get unlucky. You get a common cold. I was, I could barely focus last week. I mean, I'm, I'm getting some brain fog here and there during this fucking uh, Q&A. So it, it's just part of the game. Sometimes it happens. And I took a week off. I took a week of rest. I was not fatigued, but I still got sick. So um, I, I went to the gym anyway. I'm like, fuck it. I took a week off. I'm going to go to the gym, sick or not. I just didn't talk to anybody so I could keep the sickness to myself and not, uh, you know, be an asshole and spread that around. So I went to the gym. I trained at 50%, um, excluding a couple of machines because I still wanted to touch the heavy weight. So I still did six plates on the leg press, nice and slow, but I did half the reps. And instead of 12 reps, I did six, but I did two sets. So I got still got 12 reps. <laughs> I'm crazy. Um, yeah, so I'm a little bit sore. Uh, but I, I would just still go to the gym. If you don't have a, a deload scheduled, you know, if you have a common cold, usually you feel bitter after the gym, you get a little bit of endorphins, you get a little bit of blood flow, you walk around, you get, uh, you know, away from the couch or the computer screen where you're mostly glued to when you're sick. So just, uh, go out and about to wear one of those, um, you know, those, uh, face tampons, <laughs> face hugger tampons 
and uh, so you don't spread it around. And then, uh, then just half-ass it there. It's still better than sitting at home, man. I already sat at home for a week fasting and not eating. I'm not going to sit at home another week trying to get over a fucking cold. Fuck no. Uh, protocol for high white blood cell count. Um, anti uh, glucocorticoids, prednisone. You know, I, I just reviewed the scientific literature for primabolin. I mean, if you have HIV or some sort of other um, autoimmune condition, then primabolin might be able to increase your white blood cell count to somewhat normal levels, but that's coming from like subclinical, like borderline death to somewhat normal levels. So if you have at the bottom of the reference range and you add primabolin in, it's not going to go any higher. Right? You have to be in a terrible state uh, for primabolin to increase your white blood cell count. I think fasting increased white blood cell count. Um, I think that's about it. Yeah. All right. Glucocorticoids, right? Immunosuppressants and um, maybe primo, maybe fasting. And, and zinc is go good for the immune system. AC, HCG versus enclomiphene for cruising uh, or cycle. Uh, assume no HCG is in stock. So if HCG is not in stock, then all you can do is cruise or enclomiphene, right? I mean, why, why are we talking about HCG if you can't get it? <laughs> you know, in a perfect world, I would write HCG monotherapy, but I can't fucking afford it. Can't find it. it sucks. Uh, is enclomiphene better versus pregnenolone DHEA? for mental well-being, maybe uh, FSH and LH. Info bad online. Yeah, the, the way you formulate your questions also very bad. But it's okay, we're gonna power through. Um, I would do a cruise because in clomiphene, based on all the research that I've done, I don't think that there's any clear scientific evidence that the clotting risks are not there, that the ocular changes are not there, that some of the side effects associated with clomid, which contains enclomiphene and zuclomiphene, and you know, the bro lore is saying that zuclomiphene is the the terrible stereoisomer, and that's the one that causes all the side effects, but the scientific evidence doesn't prove that the all the side effects which are associated with clomid are coming from zuclomiphene. Some of them, yes, but not all of them. Um, and I can't really find a head-on-head comparison in clomiphene versus clomid, you know? So I would do a cruise with DHA and pregnenolone. And if you want to increase your FSH and LH levels, um, use fsh and lh or fsh and atg right but of course if you don't have atg in stock then yeah it's 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 gonna be tough man i don't think clomiphene is sustainable and i know there's plenty of guys that are prescribing it the doctors that are raving for it uh but i'm not a doctor i'm a fucking hardcore bodybuilder and uh i would not take anyone anything that could increase clotting risk Unless there's clear scientific evidence that it doesn't, which there isn't as of yet. Uh, Trenomax. Uh, another reason to come to Thailand. Doc said, since I recover every time, it's no um, autoimmune issue. My gut microbiome is good. Kefir probiotics. Yeah, so you need to find another doctor, dude. Yeah, it's, it's fine. You recovered. It's not autoimmune. It's not been fucking diagnosed. Don't listen to these fucking assholes that send you home with issues. I'm, I'm dead fucking serious. They did this to my mom for three fucking years. She almost died from a heart attack. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Yeah, just a chest pain. Go home. No, she had a blocked coronary artery for three fucking years. 
right? So don't listen to these quack fucking shit doctors. Find another doctor who can do the testing for you until you're 100% diagnosed and see what is going on. If you're sick every two weeks, there's something wrong with you, right? And your gut microbiome should be good because you take uh, kefir and probiotics and oral BPC-157, but you haven't done a stool examination yet. Don't be lazy, be proactive, get it fixed because nobody's going to do it for you. Really, I care more. I care more now about your physical health than your doctor does. And yeah, fuck your doctor. Fuck that guy. No, oh, you're fine. No, you're not fine. You're fine until you're better. You're fine until you say you're fine. <sighs> Come to Thailand. Those doctors really care, and they, they charge way less than your shitty doctor does right now. Tim Holpert, twenty bucks. Now we're talking. With a 400 milligrams testosterone cypionate a week and 300 milligrams botanone per week, would there be a more muscle accretion and less DHT by adding in 200 milligrams decker rather than upping my test by 200 milligrams, which would be worse for my HDL and hemoglobin? Okay, so we have a fictive cycle of 600 tests plus 300 botanone versus 400 tests, 300 botanone, and 200 deca. Um, you would have less DHT, that's for sure, but you'd have more estradiol because now... I think 200 deca on top of 400 tests, even though that ratio is good, two to one, uh, that 300 boldron that you're taking might not be sufficient to inhibit the conversion of testosterone into estradiol, which uh, nandrolone is now accelerating because nandrolone is a metabolic intermediate in that process. And of course, 600 tests, 300 boldron would also not be enough. So I think in both instances, you would need a little bit of an aromatized inhibitor or you lower the test to 300, you increase the boldenone to 400 and you add the DECA in because then you have 500 uh, aromatizable compounds, 500 milligrams test and nandrolone together. And I got to scratch my calf. One second. And then you have 400 boldenone to inhibit the conversion, which I think will be sufficient. So uh, maybe you look in that way. Now, the problem is that boldenone might raise your hematocrit. Yeah, not your hemoglobin. I wouldn't worry about that too much. Um, and and uh, regarding the HDL, I think the androgenic or the anabolic load of, let's say, 900 milligrams per week um, will all lower your LDL, I think, to a similar extent albeit that you'll get more estrogen in 400 tests plus 200 deca and 300 boldenone obviously which might have a favorable effect in your hdl but i don't think it's going to matter that much if you lower the tests increase the boldenone and add the deca on top i think hdl is going to be very 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 comparable and if you need an aromatized inhibitor still then your hdl is going to be a little bit lower which you can compensate for with fish oil citrus bergamot berberine daily fasted cardio uh, cardarine if you watch that video even though cardarine um i don't think it's going to improve your hdl that much on a 900 milligram anabolic androgenic steroid cycle um so take that with a grain of salt and uh and that's uh, all you can basically do so i'm not against it but uh, do your blood work in between and and maybe adjust the dosages a little bit and then see uh, what's going on and again if you're worried about hair loss then uh that's why you're asking about dht 400 tests and 300 boldenone, even 300 tests and 300 boldenone, uh, or 300 tests and 400 boldenone, hair loss is pretty much given. Yeah.
I heard a guy mention a study that after cessation of stairs, 90% recovered the baseline at 90 days and 100% of one year. Are you familiar with this? Yes, it's a Harlem study performed by a couple Dutch scientists, which I think was horribly performed because um, it was an observational study and they did, um, uh, let's see, analysis of the steroids that the subjects were taking. And many of the steroids and potentially the PCT drugs um, were not what they said they were. So they were underdosed or faked or contaminants or whatever. So even though they um, specifically listed all oh, these guys were on uh, this drug and that drug, and they were going to do this PCT and that PCT, they knew that the steroids were not real or a large portion of them. They, uh, you can then assume that the PCT drugs are probably also not real or not functioning as they should be. And they still let these guys undergo PCT like a bunch of fucking assholes. <laughs> this was a great opportunity to test what kind of PCT protocol would work, right? Group A, we put them on Nolvidex, Clomet, and 8CG, right? Group two, we put them on Clomet and an aromatized inhibitor. Group three, we put them in clomiphene monotherapy. That is what real fucking caring scientists would do. But no, it's an operational study. Let them throw them to their own devices. We don't care about their body builders. We want them to suffer for an entire fucking year. And this is why I give the PCT information out for free on many of the videos. So I don't have a dedicated ebook for it. Um, so that study showed that everybody recovered after a year um, because the variables were shit. The variables were absolutely terrible. I've seen guys recover within 90 days on a pulse cycle therapy, uh, let's say 90% uh, of the time. <laughs> so, you know, and, and that's basically the same the things that they did and 100% after one year. And it, of course, everybody recovers or most people recover, but you don't need a study to prove that. And, and yeah, I, I think the study was horribly performed, dude. I'm from very familiar with it. But I will say this, some of the participants of the Harlem study were able to get hormone replacement therapy prescribed through some of the researchers. So I can't uh, hate it too hard, because if you're willing to give somebody a script, I'm willing to be forgiven. Yeah. I hear another 15 fucking year old. All right, Jorge, you're fucking out of here. I don't want any thing to do with you stupid kids. Jesus Christ. Unbelievable, some people. This is why I want to age restrict. Iron Grid, where the fuck are you, dude? I'm going to report his ass also. <laughs> God damn. All right. Moving on. Oh, there's another guy that's 15. Where are all the where are all these messages? One second, guys. I can't do it from StreamYard, so I gotta. Gotta go to the live chat here. 
Yeah, I got mods, dude, but I don't know where the fuck Iron Grid is today. I should just do members only. <laughs> Super chats only. Can't even post if you're not a member. All right. Sorry, guys. I'm way backed up on Super Chat, so we're going to continue. Where are we? All right, Fawaz. Uh, hey, Coach Steve, for somebody interested in add-on to TRT for collagen at a low dose indefinitely, would you prefer 2.5? To 10 milligrams of anovar or boldenone. I would prefer anovar because the boldenone studies regarding collagen synthesis are not that stellar, and anovar is used clinically exactly for this purpose. So it's very simple: 2.5 milligrams to 5 milligrams to 10 milligrams anovar, depending on how you respond. And I, I just made an anovar deep dive, which I'm sure you didn't watch, so I'll link it down below. With all the unique characteristics and the outcomes of the human studies showing that anivar is like one of uh, the safest oral steroids you can take so give that one a watch oh 400 time bot hell yeah that's a free sandwich <laughs> thank you liam hey steve three years ago i had 500 testosterone and 25 estradiol today i tested and have 975 testosterone and nearly same estradiol so double the test estrogen the same can be imbalance issues We'll uh, also get SCG and free testosterone to see how much extra T my body is using. Um, I guess uh, you've been watching the channel for three years and, and thus you were rewarded with double the test and the same amount of estrogen. Even though I would say that your estrogen should be a little bit higher if you're top of the reference range on your total testosterone, I would also assume that your estrogen is around 40 picograms per milliliter. So um, uh, Liam, what are you doing? Uh, what are you taking? What are you not uh, t uh, telling us about? So, you know, all these things uh, contribute. And uh, man, why is there so much fucking spam in the chat? Sorry, guys. Emperor Shreve, you want to be a mod? There you go. Emperor Shreve is now a mod. Delete these fools. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Man, unbelievable, no? Unbelievable. Right, it's like there's it's like a flood of spam. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Must be some bot going on. Alright, Emperor Shreve, I'm counting on you. Use the force. Let's see. Where are we? Sorry about that, guys. People are fucking retarded. 
Okay, so I think we pretty much answered this question. I mean, it could be a moment in time. <laughs> I lost it there. Uh, so you could have like 500 tests on one day and then 900 tests another day um, because serum testosterone levels kind of fluctuate. So it depends on what you're doing, how well you slept, uh, how well you've been taking care of yourself, what you've been eating, which supplements you've been taking, right? And if you recently started a test booster or HCG monotherapy that you're not telling us about, then yes, of course, you can kind of double your testosterone levels. So, yeah, I hear, I hear another one. Steve, is your hair tattooed? I know. Does this look like a fucking tattoo to you? I would shave it off. But it grows back really, really fast. Uh, common cold remedy. Uh, juice an entire lemon. Yeah, these, these, these things don't work, dude. I'm on a boatload of antioxidants, which is one of the reasons why these uh, common cold remedies usually work. But, uh... Yeah, I don't, uh, I'm not going to gargle uh, a garlic and white onion and then fart up a storm <laughs> for the remainder of the day. Uh, is it a viable strategy to use a single syringe for multiple injections? No, no, single use only. Don't be a junkie. That's what junkies do. Right? Only switching needles. Um, you know, if you want to use a single syringe twice because you have to uh, store an ampule because you do half an ampule injections and you're switching needles, okay. But it, it's, you know, just use it maybe twice. Okay, that's what you're asking, right? So <laughs> I thought you were <laughs> meaning using needles. So, yeah, okay. If you want to draw into a syringe a full ampule, inject half, switch the needles, and then inject the other half. I'm okay with that. But just don't fucking draw and pin and draw and pin with the same fucking needles. That's what junkies do, right? Don't do that. Please. Where are we? Okay, here we go. Uh, if fat loss and athletic recovery are primary goals of using growth hormone, and how many IUs are there to administer results? And what should my dosing schedule look like? Uh, diminishing returns. I don't know. It depends on what else you're doing, right? If you're taking 18 IUs of growth hormone, but you're not taking any steroids with it, then it's probably not a good idea unless you have an autoimmune condition because you have HIV, right? <laughs> You know, there's synergy between these compounds. I, I figured out a long time ago that 250 milligrams of steroids per week is has good synergy with about one to two IUs of growth hormone per day. So if you take a gram of steroids per week, regardless of what it is, four IUs, five IUs of growth hormone seems to offer the best synergy. Now, as the dose of the steroids escalates and you add in uh, insulin, then you might be able to break through that ratio and take more growth hormone. But, you know... Fat loss and athletic recovery, I would say that two IUs is already enough. And and it seems that based on scientific literature, the maximum dose of fat loss uh, you would get from a single administration of growth hormone is like 1.2 to 1.5 IUs, right? Um, so if you do two shots of 1.2 or 1.5 IUs growth hormone per day, 
three I use in total, I, I think you get all the fat loss and athletic recovery benefits out of it already. Yeah. Uh, TB500 detection time. That's unknown. Uh, as far as I know, that there's no uh, detection time. But if I go, if I get to the best dose of TB500 video, then I'm sure I'll find it. I found the detection time for Prima Bolin, um as well in the literature, which is way shorter than uh, what most bodybuilders would follow. A uh, detection time of five months. The detection time of Prima Bolin metabolites only 40 days, but that's after a single administration. Yeah. Grid. Yeah, why are there so many dickheads in the stream? I don't know. Because you, you didn't show up. I don't know what's going on. And the channel is too big. You got a lot of haters. <laughs> this is what, uh, what happens. But Emperor Shreve is now a... Um, is now a mod also. Let me see if I missed anything. So I keep banning them, man. These people are expendable. A chase for president. There we go. <laughs> All right, where are we? Oh, I completely lost track of what's going on. <laughs> Uh, if running only 200 milligrams of testosterone per week and nothing else, is it worth to use more than two to four IUs of GH? I would say two IUs. Yeah, I, I think two IUs is more than enough. I mean, I, I wouldn't use more than two IUs right now because my testosterone levels are, uh, well, top of the reference range, basically. And I don't think it's uh, worth the, you know, the increase in GH. Um, even the 500 micrograms of IGF-1 was a waste. You know, I just got fullness out of it. I didn't grow any better because there's no steroids in the picture to make me grow. So that's why I stopped using it after that last vial. Say king of both. What is it? Carnitine king and the homebrew king? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, now you're king daddy, right? And the GH king, yeah. Yeah, Mr. 18 I use per day. Well, Chase is a king daddy now. Mm -mm -mm. All right, let's see if I missed anything. Joe Reynolds, you got a lot of haters, but also a lot of lovers. Yeah, but I only got one lover that actually delivers. <laughs> a lot of a lot of lovers that are in line, but they, they will never get close. Yeah uh let's see are they finished already big paul's podcast shit man i still got an hour and 50 minutes to go i'm not as cognitive today ask me something fun wonder where all those fake accounts came from because there were like five of them z-dub um steve what do you find is the best way to grow your legs i don't know man my legs suck <laughs> but my legs were the biggest when i was uh, doing uh, time under tension uh, a lot and the high high uh, rep ranges and eating a boatload of food yeah right now i do high rep ranges but i don't eat so much um and i do a lot of time under tension so yeah 
It's Victor Black sending the spammers. I don't think he has enough money to hire people to spam. <laughs> I thought I, I blocked Victor and Black in combination. I thought it was added to the spam filter. How the hell did that get through? Uh, Chase, I need to get in your sleep schedule, Steve, with this baby. She wakes me up all night. Yeah, so, so I mean, I, I think what every self-respecting businessman will do, right? Your wife is still working, right? Or we're probably going back to work at one point. Um, why don't you just go to bed at 4 or 5 a.m., you know? And you do our, your, you do daddy duty all night, and then your wife can sleep, and then she'll be on uh, wifey duty, obviously, mommy duty, while you sleep. I, I, I think that's the best way to do it, you know? And then you have like six hours during the day or eight hours during the day that you can spend time together, that you're not both exhausted as fuck. And, uh, and, and you know, you might lose your tan, obviously, because you're not awake during the day to uh, get your uh, sunlight exposure in. But yeah, I, I think that's, I mean, that's usually what we're doing, right? I mean, we don't have kids yet, but we have cats who also uh, make my wife wake up at four o'clock in the morning because they're hungry. So when I go to bed, I feed them. And then I go to bed and then my wife can sleep until about seven, eight o'clock in the morning. And sometimes she wakes up, but you know, usually she sleeps out and then it kind of overlaps that way. You know, I mean, after 10 years together, I mean, you, you can, you can, you know, it, as long as the hours that are together are high quality, uh, then it's better than spending 16 hours together and then also uh, not sleeping together, right? Because you can't sleep because of babies and cats and all that shit. So give it a try, man. Just go to bed late, like we used to do. Remember when you were single and you go to bed at 4 o'clock? Do it every fucking day, dude. Great. Great. Uh, does Steve listen to music when he trains? Um, yeah, yeah, K-pop mostly, twice. And uh, what is it called? Uh, Girls Generate, no, nobody listens to that anymore. Uh, new Jeans. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I listen to a metal music, dude, a Christian Elfstrom and the In Flames and uh, all that good stuff. So I actually went to an In Flames concert two weeks ago. It was fucking cool. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. An entire group of guys going to In Flames and uh, screaming. Yeah, it was very, uh, very metal. So I listen to metal music. Joseph G, you have any experience with... Uh, Tetrahydrogestrinone. I hear it's said to be 10 times more potent than androlone or trembolone. Any studies that you're aware of? Um, I don't think there are any studies on... Well, there are some studies on tetrahydrogestrinone um, because I, I'm starting to do research about androgen receptors, myostatin inhibition, and uh, and that kind of stuff. Um, and I saw one study come by on uh, tetrahydrogestrinone, uh, but I didn't really read it because it wasn't. it didn't really contain what I was looking for. Um, but I don't have any experience with it because as far as I know, it's not really available. You might be able to buy it on some of the chemical websites, but then it's like $600 for a milligram. So it's, one cycle is going to sit you back a lot. And I, uh, I asked Bob Sapp, <laughs> I asked Bob Sapp, said, hey, how, what, what about this THG? What about the clear? And he said he never used it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, yeah, so it's, I, I, I don't really know anybody who's used it. Unfortunately, so it, maybe it's 10 times more potent, but you know, if you can't get it, what's the point? You know, same as with this myostatin inhibitors, it's uh, yeah, it's like best thing ever, 
but you can't get it or it's too expensive then why 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 romanticize about it it's like uh, this uh, lamborghini is the best thing ever but you can't afford it so you know why why torture yourself uh, phase velocity, 80 milligrams testosterone replacement therapy uh, per week took me from 300 to 500. I uh, keep having to donate aside from dietary change to any protocols like fasting, supplements, injection frequency that help. Um, sleep apnea, get that diagnosed ASAP. That's probably the underlying cause why you have to uh, uh, dump your hematocrit and blood cell count. Um, and, and besides that, of course, you can use uh, IP6, choline hexaphosphate, or enough like inositol hexaphosphate, but uh, to inhibit iron absorption. But that can also cause issues in the long run because if your iron levels are low, your body is still going to produce a red blood cell count and hematocrit. But then the size of the red blood cells are smaller because the hemoglobin content is not sufficient because you don't have iron. And then you really have a lot of red blood cells to increase the oxygen carrying capacity, right? That's with chronic IP6 uh, administration because your iron levels are so low or over donation. You see that also where your iron levels are just do being donated away. So uh, I, I would find the root cause and not, not look for a bandaid in the form of fasting or donation or supplements. I would look for the root cause because I don't see a reason on 500 nanograms per deciliter total testosterone that you keep uh, that you need to donate continuously unless you have sleep apnea, right? So this is why we have doctors to kind of guide you through the process of getting diagnosed. And I have a video about how to self-diagnose your sleep apnea. So let me link that down below. Apnea with the best thumbnail ever. <laughs> Yeah, if you see it, you'll know it. All right, it's linked down below. So look into that. Yeah, we'll be vampires. <laughs> yeah, vampires. And then we show up at the Mr. Olympia, you know, like fucking baggy eyes, you know. I, I, I probably have to do IUI or IVF, man. It's taking forever. So uh, as soon as we make an appointment with the doctor and have a timeline, then I'm going to start planning because it, I'm, it, it's driving me nuts. <laughs> it's driving me nuts. Oh, there's another one. There's so many guys in the chat. Don't forget to put them in the timeout, dude. Jesus Christ. Somebody's having a bad day. Matthew Rich, super sticker. Let me see if there's a question attached to that. I don't see it. Let me keep looking for it. Joe Reynolds, don't forget to like the stream. Yeah, that would be nice. How many likes we got? We got uh, 73 likes. 200 people watching. Oh. Why even bother asking for it? It's too much effort, man. Does the coach play with Legos in his free time? <laughs> no, but I do watch Lego. There's a, there's a very good Lego channel. I'll tell you that. What is this guy's called? Uh, 
Let me see if I can find it. I'm not subscribed, but then once in a while I get it in my recommendation. Lego mock-up. Oh, I can't find it like this. There's this German channel who builds like an entire city, and I've been following him since the beginning. I can't remember what his channel is called. Brick, it said Brickscraft, yeah, Brickcraft. All right, I'll link it down below. That's a great channel. So once in a while I watch that. I still got all my Legos from when I was younger. Uh, my mom made me keep it, so I have like well, thousands of euros and guilders of uh, Lego back at home. So when I have kids, I'm going to pick up all the Lego and then just slowly give it to my kids. Slowly but steadily, right? Not all at the same time, right? Here's a start with a little car, and then you can build a house, and then you can build a city. Because, yes, I did have a fucking Lego city when I was younger. Yeah, it's nothing to be ashamed about. Because uh, it, it helps you uh, solve problems, you know? And then, you, of course, you model your Lego city in SimCity 2000. Hey. Yeah, you didn't think about that, right? To make sure that all your roads and your water and your electricity is solid. You model your your Lego city in SimCity 2000, make sure that it looks cool. They get one of those uh, two by fours or one by twos, depending on if you use meters, but just big enough to slide under your bed. And then you build the entire Lego city uh, based on your mock-up. Yeah, and that's what we used to do. That's uh, what all the cool kids <laughs> with no girlfriends used to do. Yeah. Uh, is cupping therapy useful for recovery? I don't know. I never really done it. Uh, unless we're talking about a different kind of cupping, then I've done, I might've done that. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Oh my God. Um, but the usual, like the, the, you know, the sucking uh, the blood to the skin and that kind of stuff. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it works because I've seen bodybuilders do it and they swear by it. And, it, you know, I do active release therapy and I do uh, occasional, um, you know, Graston and, and acupuncture and that, that works also. So if it works, it works, but I've never used it to say that it's, uh, that it works or not. It's my birthday. Please don't hate uh, on the next blast. Uh, all right, happy birthday, Andrin. Oxandrin. Happy birthday, buddy. Uh, a thousand tests, 700 trend, my sweet spot, 100 MPP, 200, two to six, I use growth hormone. Uh, what would I get out of adding 200 masterone? Um, fuck you, add 700 masterone in. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? <laughs> masterone should be one to one ratio with your trembolone dose. All right, so yeah. You won't get much out of 200 masterone, right? If you're already blasting, just blast properly and add 700 masterone in, right? 1,000 tests, 100 MPP, 7 trend, 700 trend, 700 masterone. I don't think you need an AI and maybe add, increase the growth hormone to 8 IUs, right? And then come back your next birthday and tell us how big you got. Now, if you're going to blast, then blast fucking good. 
Oh God, somebody figured out how to bypass. Uh, I don't know, man, I'm not following. Maybe it's uh, Russo's goons in the chat trying to uh, say uh, terrible words. You never really know, man. Did his teeth bend and his hair fall out? I think he just takes poor care of himself, you know? I mean, you can clearly, you could, you could always see that. It's not a guy that follows the lifestyle. He just takes arms and, and experiments. And I'm, it's not, I'm not against that, but you know, if you get yourself into a terrible mess, then it's through your own doing, you know? So I hope he, he pulls his shit together. <laughs> really, I really hope he pulls his shit together, but you know, it's a, it seems like a downward spiral for him. You know, and now he's pissed off so many people that nobody really wants to help him anymore. So that's his own doing. Actually, Vlad Dracula had a brother named Radu the Beautiful. Oh, really? Radu the Beautiful. Hmm. I just watched uh, Dracula, the, the, the most recent movie. I just felt like downloading it. That was pretty good. Fun. Yeah. Uh, let's see, 10 milligrams test propionate uh, TRT, is it per day? Heart rate 160, or that's blood pressure. Mom twos. <laughs> what could be the cause? Uh, I, I think your blood pressure is fine. So I don't know what you're asking. So you have a resting heart rate between 60 beats per minute to 130, then that's pretty too high. It could be the synthetic solvents that you're taking or your uh, inability to do cardio every day, right? I mean, cardio per day r reduces your resting heart rate. I mean, my resting heart rate, if I'm not talking, is like 50, 45. So, but I do daily fasted cardio and I treat my body like an athlete. It does. Yeah. Ranek, uh, inject less more often, switch injections, switch to a higher gate. Oh, this trying to uh, give advice amongst each other. Man, I'm getting slow today, dude. Holy shit. William Fanning, 10 bucks. Any questions with that? This one from uh, somebody sent the super sticker, but he didn't ask a question. One second. Not so much spam today in the in the chat. And so much profanity. It must be people from 4chan or Reddit. <laughs> I got nothing better to do. Let's start spamming the live stream. And I can't even find it anymore. Oh, here, Matthew Rich. All right, let me see if you answer the question later on. So I don't get overwhelmed. Like, you forgot my super chat, bro. What the fuck? you're rich mm, didn't ask a follow-up question all right no william i'll look out for you dutch capone with a suit and all yo steve all is good <laughs> all is got lekker uh just started arm wrestling and find it hard uh, on ligaments thinking of adding tb500 bbc 157 uh, half a milligram per day each 
and NFR 20 milligrams per day indefinitely. Yeah, that will do it. I would also add in a low dose nandrolone to kind of lubricate the joints. I keep in mind that TB500 and BBC157 don't really strengthen the joints, but they reduce inflammation, allowing you to recover faster from the arm wrestling and the strain that you put on your tendons and ligaments. It's the anavar that strengthens it and the nandrolone that increases the synovial fluid and the overall uh, you know protective layer around your joints and ligaments um you know um, making you less injury prone and then of course collagen hyaluronic acid vitamin c you know a good amount of calories um and and a good amount of training and, and growth hormone will all help to keep everything uh, nicely mobile um and then maybe besides arm wrestling pick up something like rock climbing because that seems to be one of the best ways to kind of strengthen your forearms and your overall um you know connective area of your shoulders and delts and, and grip strength and all that stuff i think that's a very underutilized tool in the arm wrestling community um just to do occasional rock climbing because i mean if you want to you know move your opponent first you have to learn how to move your own body just using your own hands SimCity 2000 was awesome yeah man i played that to death yeah with all with all disasters turned off though <laughs> too much effort <laughs> all right here we are aaron hurl uh did a underground lab uh testosterone in 250 milligrams a week after five injections did blood work total testosterone 4206 Holy shit. Estradiol 78. Okay, that's still okay. Uh, C-reactive protein 39. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> it's very likely that you're injecting inflammatory uh, shit. So stop that. ASAP. How long for the harsh uh, UGL to uh, leave the body? I would take about, depending on the, the synthetic carrier oil that you injected, I would say it takes about a week. And then it takes another week for C-reactive protein to really come down. So give it two weeks after the last injection and then test your levels again and then in the meantime try to source something better you know because um this underground lab will clearly give you cardiovascular disease if you use it longer than you did now yeah be careful man and this is why i put this information out there so you don't have to uh, make this mistake and good on you that you did blood work after five injections because you've also uh, could have done blood work uh, you know uh, six months into it and they had six months of inflammatory uh, issues going on. And CRP of 39, man, that's crazy. Joseph B, adding in 25 milligrams per hour to TRT, now feeling face pressure and anger. Coincidence or related? Um, face pressure. I guess I sometimes get pressure on my face. Uh, that joke incoming. Yeah, but it's for a good cause. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, if I have trouble breathing in that context, I might be a little bit angry, but it's also highly erotic. So it's all good, but it's not from the Proviron, okay? Uh, and in your case, I don't know, take it out. See what happens, you know? It, it, I, I, the Proviron is a DHT derivative. It could increase uh, irritability, but I, I, I don't think that 25 milligrams Proviron can increase blood pressure to the point you get face pressure unless you're allergic to the binders that are uh, being used in the Proviron, right? maybe it's using some sort of cheap binders that you have an allergy to, and now you have a small allergic response 
um, uh, metastasizing <laughs> face pressure, right? I'm just trying to piece it together here, uh, but that's that will be my uh, most logical, uh, or, uh, you know, um, explanation. So take it out, see what happens, and if you feel better, uh, throw the provarin away. Uh, Alex, then Alex sensual, Alex sensual. Hmm. I think that would be a good OnlyFans name. What's your OnlyFans? Alex Sensual, baby. <laughs> yeah. Kind of fun question, I guess. Quick protocol for extreme amounts of ejaculation. Oh, well, fuck. As the name implies, uh, extreme amount of ejaculation to impress the missus. Is there anything people usually don't know about? Now, people know about the, um, you know, fruit, right? You, you take... Uh, what is it? Uh, a pineapple can actually make your semen taste a little bit fruity and uh, sweet. Then you have clomid, which is very good to increase your semen volume. Um, Phosphodi, no, soy, uh, soy lecithin can increase your semen volume. Um, taurine, selenium, and zinc all help with testicular function. I mean, ATG can increase your semen volume. Uh, FSH can increase your semen volume. And, and uh, a little bit of semen retention, a little bit of edging. So leading up to impressing the missus, um, you know, half-ass your masturbation to the point you're almost coming, but you're not coming, obviously, because you need to retain the semen. Uh, make sure you eat plenty of, um, you know, uh, pineapple in the meantime. And then blow your load, uh, you know, uh, from, uh, let's say, middle to top. Make sure you, you know, get a couple drops in her mouth. And then and then she can be impressed. Like, holy shit, you shot so far and it tasted good too. Double thumbs up. All right, so that is the way. And I have a video about this, of course. Because uh, Steve always uh, delivers. On all the commonly asked questions by uh, sexually active men. It's called vigorous loads. <laughs> Link it down below. Uh, my God. Never serious. So, yeah. Uh, when you get your 50 million in the bank, what vigorous activities will you keep doing? Uh, bodybuilding, obviously. And then being a daddy, that's very vigorous also. Um, I have a couple of videos here and there if I feel like it. I don't know, man. 50 million, you can retire, you know? So it's uh, maybe I'll keep watching videos or keep making videos. Maybe I'll, you know, buy a big fat house somewhere and travel around a little bit. I don't know, man. I'll decide when I reach that number. And for now, whatever investments I have um, are there until I reach that number. Maybe I throw my hands in the air and delete all my existence on social media and say, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it, I'm out. You know? And then it's just like a one year uh, where after one year, everybody forgets about you. And then I can go to the gym without uh, it having it to turn into a and a again. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't, I don't think about it too much. Right? It's a goal. And when I reach the goal, I'll uh, I'll decide what to do with it. But I'll be working significantly less. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, because you don't need to. Because with fifty million, that money works for you. And you just put it in good investments and and not look at it for a couple of years. And then you when you look at it, it's like oh fuck, it's like fifty percent higher. And then you know even if you only put five million in, if it's fifty percent higher, you got two and a half million over like two years. 
that's a million a year. What what more do you need than a million a year? You know, like unless you have stupid hobbies or you get addicted to drugs and you blow all your money on cocaine and hookers and champagne parties, right? It's always a wild fantasy. Uh, but when you're married and you're a dad and you're a bodybuilder, you just don't do that. And I don't care about material positions after traveling for a year. I mean, this shirt is like fucking three years old. I wear the same fucking shirt on the Vigorous Q and I, I really don't give a shit. I, yeah. So I'm not a big spender. I'm a good earner, but I'm not a good, a good spender. That's for sure. All right, William, sorry to make you wait. I saw an analysis that Zen nicotine pouches have methyl salate. Uh, you would have to consume about 60 pouches in order to get an equivalent dose of 300 milligrams of aspirin. Effects on blood and health. I have no fucking idea. Sorry. I have no, I have no idea. So you might want to retract that super chat because I, I, I can't help you here. <laughs> I mean, silate, uh, 60 pouches, I mean, you would never get that. And even if you take 20 pouches to get like a baby aspirin dose, um, you know, you would also not do 20 pouches. Plus, I think aspirin shit for blood pressure and, and blood health because you can get the same blood thinning effects from fish oil and vitamin E without the stomach ulcers. So yeah just just make sure you you weigh out the beneficial effects to the negative effects right uh have you ever tried to use a pemf machine i'm gonna have to google that machine uh what is that I have no idea what that is. Is that one of those electrodes? Pulsed electromagnetic field therapy. Is that uh, what they do? Uh, you have those all these bodybuilders that are uh, connected to the electrodes, and then they do workouts, and then you see them a year later, and they look exactly the same. <laughs> In that case, I think I did use one of those where it was like a small box and you attach the electrodes to your uh, to your abs and then you just, you know, squeeze it all the way to 200% and you lay there cramping with your friends and laughing your ass off. One of those I've used, yeah, but one of those professional machines, no, never. And uh, this far ahead in my bodybuilding journey, I I'd be happy to be 100 kilos again and I don't need to use special equipment. Um, to, uh, you know, to, to be like 1% bigger because I don't really care about that. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Do you ever feel like Russell's potential might be something that is underestimated? I don't know. I never really followed what the guy was doing until he started uh, having a problem with me for, uh, uh, I don't know, for whatever reason in his mind. So uh, I don't know, man. Alec Matrevsi tried to coach him and it, it, it didn't really go somewhere. So, you know, I think everybody has potential, but there's also a lot of unrealized potential. And, uh, you know, the guy needs to literally get his head out of his ass to kind of sort his life out. And I hope he does it, but it will not be with my help. <laughs> you know, he can figure it out all by himself. Let's see. Messed up. Post it again, Matthew. 
and then otherwise I have to scroll. Let me scroll real quick. Yeah, I don't see it. Post it again, Matthew. Don't have to super chat again. I'll look out for your name. Podcast with Dr. James. Uh, yeah, why the fuck not? Why the fuck not? Post F in the chat if you want to see it. F in the chat if you want to see a podcast with Dr. James. I have his Instagram so I can shoot him a message. I'm sure he will be delighted. And then I'm going to ask him where he got his fucking disclaimer from. Yeah. <laughs> Looks exactly like mine. But I got my disclaimer from Derek, who got the disclaimer from his business partner, uh, who got the disclaimer from uh, his lawyer. So it's uh, it's airtight. But I, I asked Derek for permission. Yeah, I did. All right. Let me scroll a little bit. Logan, member for two months. Holy shit. How do I get a full body imaging done and cancer marker tested at the U.S. at 21 years old? Uh, my mom just beat cancer. Dad currently has cancer. I'm sorry to hear that, dude, but I'm happy your mom just beat it. Okay, so cancer is in your family. You're 21 years old. Um, look into the Pernuvo. Pernuvo.com. I think that's a full body MRI. I think that's uh, a great way to start. The scan. Problem is, uh, it was like 3,000 bucks. <clears throat> it was like 3,000 bucks. And otherwise, um, you know, maybe contact Merrick Health, explain your situation and say, listen, I have cancer in my family. I want to do at least cancer marker screening. Um, are you able to do that for me? And you just write them an email. You don't have to spend any money. Just ask, inquire, say, hey, is this a possibility that you can do a cancer marker screening in my state? You know, because they don't cover every state, I believe. And otherwise, uh, contact uh, your, lo your local hospital and just ask them, say, listen, cancer is in my family. I want to do my cancer marker screening and I want to do a full body MRI. Are you able to do that for me? And if they say yes, but it's going to cost you X amount of money and you feel that's expensive, call around. Call around. Just keep calling around until you have a good picture of how much it's going to cost you. Then compare that to a flight to Thailand a week in a nice hotel and uh, calling a couple of the hospitals here because you might be off cheaper to fly to Thailand, stay here for a week, have the uh, full body MRI and uh, cancer marker screening done within the first day, waiting for the results a couple days while you party your fucking ass off and have a great time. And then you get your results. Uh, hopefully your results are good and then you're good for the next couple of years. And then um, you go back home with a great fucking story, right? You uh, are cancer free for now and you had a great fucking holiday and you didn't spend so much money. <laughs> so, yeah. Iron Grid, uh, nine months already. Wow, it's been a wild ride. Nice work. Where were you at the beginning of the chat? We had a lot of uh, trolls. <laughs> Probably playing with the cats. Uh, dedicate this message to all of you to join the channel membership. You won't regret it. Steve made me take my health seriously and not take uh, stuff. 
and not take stuff. Love the crew. What kind of stuff? I thought I'm a bad influence on taking stuff. <laughs> but yeah, welcome to the group, man. I think uh, membership has been here for almost 12 months. And then we start seeing some cool fucking golden badges. I think it's a golden badge that you will see when you're here for a year. Bigger Steve's stepbro, serious Steve. Yeah. Yeah, not as serious as serious Sam, though. Let's see, Matthew, I have to look out for, right? It's 10 bucks, dude. It's only 10 fucking bucks. Uh, Tyrone Fury. Hey, Big Steve. When women take PEDs, do they also get shut down like men do? It depends on the dose and the, which PEDs they take. So I've seen women with completely normal HPOA. Uh, uh, hypothalamus pituitary ovarian axis on up to 10 milligrams anovar per day right? and the studies in the in the in the men show that um, even up to 20 milligrams oxandrolone uh, hpta is intact now of course women are a little bit more resilient when it comes to their hpoa because their estrogen levels fluctuate you know sky fucking high um, so a low dose anovar or even a low dose uh, dhea doesn't really seem to have a negative effect but of course, with long-term exposure, um, chronic dieting to the point that they're anoremic, right, where their period stops, um, and that might cause some sort of shutdown because the you know that they've been dieting and not eating enough uh, beef, so their iron levels are low, or their body fat levels are simply too low, and then the protective mechanism of the body is to say, no more period because it costs too much energy, right, and you don't have so much energy stores in the form of body fat anymore. Um, but if women go on testosterone, yeah, they shut down. Yeah, that's why TRT for women is exactly that, replacement therapy, either postmenopausal or if they uh, were under the guidance of a terrible coach and they can't get their period back, which happens also. And then they might need a little bit of testosterone. Yeah, and we're talking about, you know, like the, the half a milligram, one milligram the every other day or per day, right? It's, it's a starting point and you can build your way up based on response. Steve, did you see Logan Chitwood reach for 5 million subs? Yeah, yeah, he did. So me and Chase actually met uh, Logan Chitwood at uh, the Mr. Olympia, and Logan was a huge uh, uh, fan of Chase Irons. Um, yeah, maybe we should start cosplaying as a one-punch man. Do a lot of graphics. It's The steroid content will not get you big. We both know about this, but it will get you loyal followers. Like, honestly, Chase, I think you and me are doing more money than Logan is yeah but I, I could be mistaken but you know it, we create some sort of um loyalty with our audience right? and you sell products and i sell products but logan only has and i could be mistaken here but he, he has what two sponsors and and i don't know how much he converts you know he barely advertises so but i hope he's doing well obviously the guy deserves as much money as he is making if not more because it's not easy to get 5 million subs, and he puts out uh, hilarious content. Yeah, I asked him for a podcast, but he never replied. <laughs> Maybe he didn't want to talk about steroids. Too bad. Uh, it's price-dependent per country. No, I think it's 10 bucks for the membership everywhere. 
Andrew Garcia, how old is too old to pursue bodybuilding as a career? Uh, it's never it's never too late, man. I mean, I see people competing and making money. I mean, Paul just started. He's 50 years old. He just got back into it. He's he's coaching. His YouTube channel is exploding. He's making good money, right? So it's it's never too late, man. It's never too late. Um, but you also have to mat be mature enough to uh, realize when it's not working out as a competitive bodybuilder to throw in the towel. So it it, it really depends on. Um, you know how how it goes for you but if you want to give it a fair chance of like say five years and you're 50 years old already just fucking go for it just go just don't kill yourself over it right? obviously um but i think you're never too old i mean i've been doing it since i was 15 years old so i've been doing it for 25 years already and uh i i go through phases of having extreme interest in phases where i'm like yeah whatever man i feel you know i want to do something else and i still go to the gym and but i just you know i don't take it as serious training wise or, or supplementation wise and, and it, it kind of cyclical at this point right also because i don't take the peds obviously now i'm sure if i go on a little bit of trt i'll take it more serious um and even if i say i take it 50 percent serious it's still like 200 percent more serious than most people who consider themselves bodybuilders um so man just fucking go for it and see where you land man if you're having fun if you're having fun you love what you're doing it's not work all right, so everybody wants to see the Dr. James podcast. Cool, I'll reach out. They will talk about the exact same things. Yeah. Uh, man, what a username. It's like somebody slammed their keyboard on the head. I need a username today. <clears throat> Hit the head on the keyboard. Oh, good enough. Uh, would this be considered a good beginner cycle? Testosterone NFA 250 milligrams weekly with Provirin 25 milligrams three times weekly. Cannot find anything else pharma grade in my country. Uh, I would do 12.5 milligrams of Provirin per day, and but do daily micro-administrations of testosterone NFA. So that's not, not 125 milligrams twice per week, but daily sub-Q. Uh, let's see, 250 divided by 7. I know it's a little bit more cumbersome. It's like 36 milligrams per day. But if you do daily sub-Q, your rate of aromatization is quite low. And um, if you then take 12.5 milligrams per virin, then I think you can keep your estrogen levels in range. right? But you, I think you're leaving India, so you might have a diet full of phytoestrogens. I mean, the Indian diet isn't great. So, you know... Uh, make sure you do everything you can to uh, control your estrogen levels. And, and in India, you can do the blood work very, very easily and very cheaply. So it's not an excuse not to do it. And how far behind I am I? Five minutes. Okay, not too far. Uh, Steve, great. We'll look into Thailand. All right, see you in uh, a few weeks. Yeah, I mean, if your doctor doesn't want to do it at home, just do it somewhere else. And if the country doesn't want to do what you do, you go pay taxes somewhere else. <laughs> That's cast your vote. Right? You know, oh, I, I can't do what I want to do. Okay, I keep my money and spend it somewhere else. Bye. Um, thoughts on testosterone gel DHT for beard growth. Uh, you must be below 18 years old. So I'm not going to answer that question. I'm sick of this shit. Let's see, where are we? 
Hey, uh, Steve, got a little situation with prolactin. It is high, but my estrogen is in the normal range. Tried vitamin B6, B5, B300 milligrams, but nothing happened. Any tips to reduce it? Uh, first, pinpoint what the root cause of your elevated prolactin is. Is it the weed? Is it the kratom? Is it other recreational drugs? Is it chronic masturbation? Is it um, a, a dopamine depletion through uh, scrolling on Instagram, right? I, maybe vitamin b6 p5p is not enough because you're not supplementing with l tyrosine to increase your dopamine levels uh maybe look into that so uh and if that doesn't work oh then there's always cabergoline half a quarter milligram 0.25 milligrams once to see if that crushes your prolactin sufficiently in many cases it does so you take 0.25 milligrams prolactin and 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 if you have a noticeable beneficial effect on your libido Okay, then you know that with a single dose of line, you might be good for the next two weeks. That's how potent it is. And, and, and you know, you don't have to start taking it every day, obviously, to keep your prolactin under control. The best thing you can do is just figuring out what the root cause is, right? Just Google into, um, or Google for uh, reasons for elevated prolactin, and you'll see the exact same reasons which I just mentioned, right? I mean... Uh, uh, wheat, kratom, recreational drugs, uh, a lot of sex, and 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 uh, dopamine depletion from social media can all increase prolactin levels. And uh, you know, if you're taking trimbolone or nandrolone, maybe take that out. Right, this can also increase prolactin levels. Mm. masturbation yeah i mean it's it's more likely than you think dude uh tyrone or tyrone fury do you have any videos or maybe sell an ebook on all the details that go into prep would love to see a full breakdown of prep week I, I think i'm fucking rusty dude i haven't prepped anybody for like over three years so even though it sounds like a good idea to make an ebook which people are just going to copy and steal um so why fucking bother making more um and making a video about it i don't think that people would listen to me at this point um because i'm small and i i never done a show and it's very very hard to put everything of prep into a video series um especially now that the information is a little bit old like i wouldn't feel comfortable taking somebody's money now to prep them for a show i'm fucking rusty and I don't, I don't think I have the eye for it. Like when I was actively prepping athletes, like hundreds of athletes per year, that's all I did. But now I, I do research, I do YouTube videos. It's, it's a different mindset, you know? I don't think I have the eye for it. Like somebody in the gym asked me, there's a couple shows coming. Actually, there's a show next week. They asked me in the gym, how do I look? And I looked at him and I'm like, I'm getting fucking rusty in this shit, you know? I didn't even know what to look for. <laughs> So I don't think it's a good idea, man. I mean, there's plenty of membership websites where you can sign up, you know, with, with various levels of intelligence regarding their approaches. And, um, you know, there's a boatload of details that can go into prep, but that will, that's why we have prep coaches, you know. The prep coaches are very, very experienced, and you would not be able to put everything into a video series because let's say I do that, I put all the hardcore stuff in there, right? Loading with insulin using insulin for fat loss adenosine monophosphate protocol so i had the 10 milliliter synthetic or synthetine however you call it injections uh in the glutes 
on the morning of the show to fill out for its vasodilating effect. You'll see like this kind of shit we do in the bodybuilding community, the hardcore shit. And then as soon as you make an instructional video about that, people are going to do stupid shit with it. So it's, it's prep is risky. That's why we, we keep it in the niche, you know, but right now I, I don't feel comfortable in my abilities. And I, I also don't feel comfortable in my abilities to help people beat the drug test because the, 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 the new, um, the new parameters are slowly being rolled out. And by the time the Olympics hit, I'm going to retire from drug testing advice. It's that simple. You know, I mean, my, my, my life and, and interests are going in a different direction. So certain services need to be closed. And it also means that, you know, you might not be able to, uh, to offer those services ever again, because you need to be in the, like the loop for it to serve, for the service to be really, really good. Chronic masturbation again. I'm 24 years old. Why do you think I'm below 18? Oh, well, that's usually a question that uh, below 20, 20 year olds ask. And of course, uh, a below 18 year old would not say that they're below 18 year old. Um, thoughts on test gel DHT for beard growth. I don't think that works, but look into minoxidil instead. Minoxidil has been proven to improve beard growth. Yeah. If you want to use DHT gel, use it on your penis to grow your penis. <laughs> uh, how much masturbation is needed to call it chronic every day? Yeah, to the point you get blisters. Yeah, there, there you go, blisters. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Your dick looks like ball rug. <laughs> I just imagine sitting there you're like, what does that smell? Holy shit, my dick is on fire. <laughs> uh, all right, thank God we're at the end. Oh, we got 30 minutes left. Shit, it's gonna be a long day today. Where's Matthew's question? You said it's above and you messed up, but I can't find it, dude. Did you post it again? Now, oh, here it is. All right. Matthew Rich asks, I'm in, on enclomiphene uh, citrate, 12.5 milligrams per, uh, per day, DHA and pregnenolone from pharmacy. What peptides do you recommend for muscle growth? How to tell purity and safety? Uh, well, the only peptides that really potentiate muscle growth are either growth hormone, insulin, IGF-1, or a growth hormone secretagogue. So you can choose from those. And I don't think that any of the other peptides really potentiate any muscle growth, albeit the TB500 and BBC157 might improve recovery. But if you're not on steroids, then I don't think they're going to do anything for muscle growth. And of course, discounting the malsatin inhibitors, which are way too expensive and you don't have access to it. So we're not going to bother going over that. Like I would start with the growth hormone secretagogues, man. Man, that's a good entry level. Again, I already linked a video down below on how to maximize your ipromorelin and tesamorelin and what dosages to look for. Um, so I would start there. And how to tell purity or safety? Um, well, if you get it from a compounding pharmacy or TRT clinic in uh, whatever country that is still willing to prescribe it, again, in the in America, it's a little bit wishy-washy due to Article 503 A and B, uh, limiting the compounding pharmacies from prescribing uh, growth hormones or creative gogs. But there's still a couple of clinics out there that are willing to prescribe it. 
Um, so, so maybe ask around and otherwise uh, go with a reputable, uh, website, which unfortunately I can't link anymore because then YouTube will delete my channel. <laughs> so yeah, you're going to have to read between the lines there. Yeah. Go with a, one with a good rep. All right. We got that question answered. Alexander Carrera just logged on. Welcome back. You're late. That's okay. We're still here for another 30 minutes. Uh, DHC gel, I just speeds up shedding, leaves my faith patchy. Minoxidil is the best with my... Oh, it's for beard growth? Yeah. I don't, know. I don't understand people's fascination with beards. I never got it. I never got it. I know, without a beard, people just treat me well also, you know? I, I feel like itchy. I shaved yesterday, and now it's already back, and it already feels uncomfortable. <clears throat> no way. Uh, Ranik, in my experience, just testosterone by itself already increased my beard growth exponentially. However, that might be coming at a cost of my hairline. Yeah, so if you go on DHC derivatives or testosterone, the hair migrates from this area, and it kind of falls... And then it ends up here and here, like on your chest. Like this is only like, fuck, dude. Like look at this crap. Look at this chest shelf. Oh wait, look at that <laughs> covered in hair. Disgusting. Well, tomorrow is uh, trimming day. It takes a fucking hour. Thirty forty nine. Holy shit, man! You're just as old as Paul. <laughs> I got nine years left. Actually, no, eight and a half. Yeah, eight and a half. Shit. Uh, always had a baby face. Yeah, me too. Oh, now it's not as bad as it used to be. But man, when I was like twenty one years old, they would still ID me for being sixteen. So, are you are you over sixteen before you can buy beers, motherfucker? I'm twenty one years old. No, it pays off when you're old. No. If I'm if I'm shaved, I look okay. Yeah, but the day after shaving, I already look like patchy and oxidized. Sucks. All right. Did I miss anything? I guess we're kind of done then, huh? Well, let's answer those questions from the from the members then. Real quick. So they don't feel left out because they couldn't make it. All right. Lethal Promotions asks, Hey, Steve, any ideas on improving uh, estimated glomerular filtration rates? Last blood showed normal levels, 77 million per milliliter, or, yeah, the 77. Uh, blood pressure uh, is a little bit on the high side during the last 24-hour monitoring. Uh, urea, 7.6 out of its moles. Uh, running HRT... No, uh, no, 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 no. Also, full mitochondrial support stack. Okay, 48 years old, always. Thank you. Okay, so in your case, creatinine is a little bit 
elevated, but your EGFR is based on your creatinine. Um, so I would do your cystatin C test and not count too much on the E and the estimated glomerular filtration rate because it's based on your creatinine levels, even though you're uric. I'm not sure if that's the correct range though. Uric acid. Is it the correct range? Urea, fuck. Whoever thought it was a good idea to have like two units of measurement. Okay, urea is on the high side. All right. This should be slapped across the face. Oh, it's kilometers. Oh, it's miles. And then on blood work, it's all different. You know? No wonder all the doctors are confused. So, yeah, you're running a little bit high. I would get your blood pressure under control. Um, you know, there's multiple different ways to do that, obviously, which I mentioned about a lot of times, so let's not waste time there. Um, what you need to do next time is check your cystatin C, and if that is elevated, cystatin C is a true indication of kidney function. If that is elevated, do a 24-hour urine collection test where you measure your uh, blood creatinine and your blood cystatin C levels to your urinary creatinine and cystatin C levels to get a, a, a proper glomerular filtration rate, not an estimated one, a real glomerular filtration rate. So that's what I would do. I would leave your protocol exactly the same, right? Your testosterone, DHA, pregnenolone, alone, uh, HCG, that all looks good. Um, if you're running the full mitochondrial support stack, that might be a reason why your creatinine levels are elevated, which I think I mentioned in the mitochondrial support stack, like PQQ is known to increase serum creatinine levels and thus lower your EGFR. Um, so in your case, I think your kidney function is totally fine, but confirm that with a cystatin C test and then take it from there. But I had a drink in almost three months though. Yeah, it's been two months. <laughs> it's been two months since the last vigorous Q&A and likewise, I haven't had a drink since. Yeah, I haven't had a drink since. This is true. Is muscle hyperplasia really a thing with GH? And what would be the best dosing protocol of GH if it's going to suppress natural GH production? Well, it only suppresses it for like a, a day and then uh, through IGF-1. And then uh, some of the statin levels come back down to baseline and you secrete it again. So I've never met anybody that used uh, GH uh, chronically at higher dosages that didn't get somewhat normal GH and IGF-1 levels within a week of stopping it. Um, hyperplasia is not only with GH, it's also with training and nutrition and that kind of stuff. Um, I can't remember what. I think IGF-1 does the hyperplasia though. Uh, and GH might cause it with autocon signaling of elevating IGF-1 locally at the site of administration or through systemic increase of IGF-1 being uh, produced in the liver. But it, of course, it's not only the GH, so you can't really put a dose on it. I mean, it's training-related, nutrient-related, insulin-related, IGF-1-related, and growth hormone dose-related and time-related because hyperplasia doesn't happen overnight, right? A couple cells might um, divide and, uh, and 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 you know turn into two cells but that's only two you, you need that millions basically for the cells to for the muscle to grow so uh, I, I think it's a real thing but I have to dive into the scientific literature to see how much of a real thing it is for growth hormone alone and of course 
the synergy between the steroids and growth hormone and IGF-1 and insulin has never been investigated in the context of bodybuilding. So we'll have to extrapolate. Yeah. Octavian, if you start smoking weed with your trend, that's a great way to increase your prolactin levels. All right. I just let, let me do the advising, okay? Yeah, leave it up to Uncle Steve. So no, don't do that. Don't take trend. And uh, if you want to smoke weed, uh, do it once, not chronically. I don't like weed, though. Blech. Uh, all right. This one was from Alvaro JD. Hey, Steve, what African supplements would you recommend a decently active 84 year old man, not on TRT for overall well-being and also aid in brain function. So he would actually benefit from DHA and pregnenolone, which has been shown in the elderly to really improve well-being and brain function. Um, maybe a low dose alpha GPC with Nupept. Of course, add in the Nupept after adding in the alpha GPC, or maybe start with uridine monophosphate. And um, I know a little bit of GH. I, I think, you know, start with DHA and GH. I, I think that will be good. And the, and the overall brain function, I mean, you know, the, there's so many things that could be beneficial. You know, anything that increases brain-derived neurotropic factor, whether that's a max or Nupept or, or cerebral lysin, that's a max is just a nasal spray you could say that it's for uh, allergies <laughs> maybe after a week he's like oh i feel pretty good and dha and Samax together is good for libido so maybe you'll uh, make your grandmother happy um, with that stack also right but of course I, I i don't really guide people that are 84 years old i've never had a consultation with somebody that old i think the oldest person i've had a consultations with is 75 years old and that was with thorough screening of blood work um, so I would I would proceed with caution, but yeah, DHA, pregnenolone, alpha GPC, maybe Nupept, maybe growth hormone. That's something I would look into. And we have one more question. Uh, let me type it in here. Another big fucking big fucking wall of text. Right, well, might as well. Jeez, four posts. Adrian. <laughs> fucking asshole. Uh Adrian asks, hey Steve, quick question. It's four posts, Adrian. It's not quick. I keep getting post-injection pain, deep atic soreness, hardness, ventral glute area, as well as feeling that I have systemic inflammation response, uh, constantly elevated body temperature, my fevery feeling, only injecting two things, Bosch, Deratestil, sesame oil, and underground lab Primo, MCT carry oil. Uh, yet track down which one might be doing it. Well, I'm sure we uh, all know that it's the underground lab Primo. i uh, going to get more fetishes about recording about site injecting several days started track injection two times a week uh, i should add that it's taking each side one point and two milliliters primo okay so adrian take the primo out continue and continue with the deratestil because it's pharmaceutical grade in sesame oil and um that is not known to cause post-injection pain and then um instead of 
uh, using Underground Lab Primo in MCT oil, which probably also has ethyl oleate uh, that they're not talking uh, about, or, or Migliol 840 as a solvent, uh, uh, try to source some Bayer Primobolin or, or go with another Underground Lab that, that produces Primo, right? Or start making it yourself. So that's what I would recommend. Come on, you know better, dude. You know better. Take the Primo out. It's never the pharmaceutical grade unless it's in a Rutgers oil. All right, last question from the group. If you want to super chat, better get those questions in because uh, it's time to throw in the towel, bro. Uh, Caught Dog Styles asks, Hey, Steve, I've been using Azetamide for the last five months to control LDL. LDL is now in a healthy range, but HDL is slightly below the reference range, supplementing daily with fish oil. Vitamin E, I read that azebamide also blocks the absorption of good fats, like fish oil. Yeah, I read about that study also, um, but I've never seen it to play out on blood work results. Unfortunately, here in Thailand, you can't check for your serum omega-3 levels, but I, I you know, talked with Derek and some uh, people that can test this over at Merrick Health, and they said that there was no observable effect on serum uh, omega-3 content. So, uh, you know, maybe the scientific evidence shows that it inhibits omega-3 absorption, but in the real world, it seems not to have any deleterious effect. Uh, any recommendations to increase HDL? Currently in 140 tests per week. Now, so you're already doing everything right. Uh, what you could do is daily fast the cardio and increase your fat intake and maybe look into cardarine, which might cause cancer. So th that's about it. That's about it. Yeah, you're doing the fish oil, the vitamin E helps. Citrus bergamot, uh, berberine, daily facet cardio, and that's it. Yeah. Have you helped any pro MMA fighters, boxers pass the drug test? What compounds do you think they use? Uh, I'm scripting for a video just about that. So yes, I've helped pro athletes with the drug test. Obviously, we're not going to talk about who that is. But yeah, I've helped a, f a couple. And uh, I'll, I'll make a video about that. It's in the scripting process. It just uh, got busy with, you know, Prima Ball and research because there's like 270 studies on it. And I'm not the kind of guy who would review one paper like all those phony influencers do. Oh, look at this study. It's so interesting. And this abstract says that it's, you know, now we'll review all the scientific evidence. You stupid fuck. Not, not you, Dylan, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's but that's what i got busy with right so i i review everything and then i'll open my mouth so um yeah i'll make a video about uh mma fighters and boxers because it's from my perspective it's pretty much the same thing uh but i will involve uh low dose trt uh, methods to increase uh oxygen carrying capacity with the uh, epo amoxapine uh use of di iso uh fuck diisochloroacetate uh, the data right we talked about that with the the podcast with jake benson and a couple other things and uh yeah let's see how that does because all these guys are mega dosing on adrenaline and halotestin which is just going to ruin your stamina and gas you out mitochondrial function that's what you should need to look and an oxygen carrying capacity yeah that's what you need to look into What are, uh, are there any things to keep in mind when trying injectable ATP and AMP? Um, well, it's a potent vasodilator, AMP, and ATP can convert into ATP. So if you do go with the injectable route, uh, besides the post-injection pain that most of these companies uh, have, that's just part of the game, right? So you inject it, 
before you go to the gym, you start training. And this way you mitigate some of the post injection pain because you're kind of circulating all this active pharmaceutical ingredient and, and dispersing it through all throughout all of your skeletal muscle. Um, but the vasodilation might go systemic. So you might get uh, a little bit of hyperventilation, but from my experience, I think these are the best, you know, unfortunately we can't uh, mention the, the, the brands anymore, but when I was using them, man, one CC, two CCs per side. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, good shit, man. Chest is like, like here or shoulders are like fucking balloons. And it stays a while too. So if you if you load up your muscle with Increlex and uh, injectable ATP and AMP, and you have some intramuscular or intra-workout essential amino acids, glycerol, creatine, and some high brand cyclic dextrins. Oh man, that's some good shit. Yeah, I miss it. I miss it, guys. You have uh, we have eight minutes left, and I'm gonna throw in the towel. I'm not as sharp today. I hope you guys don't mind. But uh, I'm doing the best I can. I guess all the questions are dried up. Let me scroll up a little bit. Fuck, it's 3 o'clock in the morning already. Uh... Nothing new. Arthur, uh, what city in uh, which city do you live in in Thailand? I would like to train and live for some weeks in Thailand with supervision. Okay, so I don't I don't supervise anymore. I live in Bangkok, but there's plenty of coaches like Aaron, for example. But you you would also not supervise in real life. Like if you want to have somebody to supervise you, you probably need to go to Pattaya where there's, uh, you know, some deputy coaches, like beginner coaches that probably still have time for that. Um, and it's also a fun place to train and live, you know, and deal with all the side effects. Because <laughs> there's so many women you could uh, pay money uh, to. Uh, but I live in Bangkok, man. That's where all the serious people are. And uh, yeah, come to the gym, come to the muscle factory. You might spot me there. There's people every day now in the muscle factory recognizing me. It's crazy. Yeah. By the way, if you need a paper and can get it on SciHerb, have an Elsevier account. Yeah, I asked, uh, I have some people who have accounts at certain places as well. So I usually ask around if I can't find a particular paper. And then sometimes people can't even find it. Like I was looking for some primo studies and then even Kurt couldn't find it, you know? So that was pretty a shame, but just wait three years and then we'll be on Science Hub. Man, I almost had a heart attack because Science Hub was like offline for a week. I was like, fuck. It's like the best source to find everything, you know? And again, I, when I do literature review, I review hundreds of studies. Like when I did the Anivar video, I went almost through all the, all the studies, right? Same for testosterone, almost all the studies are the ones that are relevant in the context of exogenous testosterone. BPC, all of them. Cardarine, all of them. Primo, all of them. So when Science Hub was down and I was preparing for the Cardarine video, I almost had a heart attack. Yes. <laughs> I was like, where, where, where am I going to get the information, you know? So thank God it's back online.
Uh, did I hang out with Jared Feather? Yeah, we. Uh, I think we went to Cheesecake Factory, and we went uh, to have hamburgers, and we had a couple messages here and there. Jared is a cool guy, man. It's a shame that I didn't get a chance to meet um, uh, Dr. Mike Isretel when he was here. Um, but you know, I'm sure we can hang out at the Mr. Olympia when I see uh, see these people there. Yeah. So, um, and I'm sure Jared will be back. He had a great time. <laughs> so. You know what to say about Thailand. Uh, you never go once. I think uh, Ian Valier also had a great time in Thailand, and uh, but I didn't get to uh, didn't get a chance to meet him. I shot him a message, but I guess he gets too many messages, and uh, you know, so it's all right. Maybe he just wanted to be uh, you know left alone, have a holiday, not meet people. It's totally cool. Also, I have my moments, but it seems that uh, everybody that comes to Thailand has a great time. So I'm sure they will be back. All right, guys, let's wrap it up here. I'm a little bit uh, fuzzy today. So my sincere apologies. Hopefully Monday I can get a video out and then uh, we can get the ball rolling again. But next week will be a little bit less video. So please bear with me. Uh, I was on a good roll. I think, um, let me check my analytics. Check my analytics real quick. Yeah, 4,700 subs in the last 28 days. So with this, uh, this pace, we're going to break 150,000 subs easily at the end of this year. But next week, let's see. Anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for hanging uh, in there with me. <laughs> yeah, I'll go to sleep. I know, I got to go. So I'll see you guys next week. We'll start at the usual time this week. I just wanted to uh, congratulate Paul Barnett with his 50th birthday, which is tomorrow. So tomorrow, guys... Uh, go to Paul Barnett's Instagram page and wish him a happy birthday. Remind him that he's old as fuck. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be a, he'll appreciate it. <laughs> I'll see you guys next week. Take care. <laughs>